All right. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. And, and I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. <laughs> oh my god, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie re- releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. And then we'll ask the most important question. <laughs> Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week we're going to be reviewing After Sun. After Sun. <laughs> you better keep that up throughout the entire episode. No, I'm dropping it right now. Um, <laughs> that's After we're Sun. We're doing with... After Sun. After Sun. Billy from Belfast. We're doing After Sun. No, that's Irish. That's different. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, because they're Scottish. You're right. They're Scottish. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, <laughs> that's my bad. Uh, yeah, so we're doing After Sun. That's one word After Sun. Uh, but first, we got some news. So, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Twitter is in kind of a death spiral. Uh, oh, yeah. Elon Elon has purchased the company and is just like driving it into the dirt. It's Dude, kind the of blue funny. checkmark thing went live today, I think. Like, I saw, uh, yeah, I saw or, the Twitter yeah. blue thing on a sidebar today. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. I actually think it's hilarious though that like their truth was already so obscured on Twitter, but now it's even further obscured. Yeah. Because like there's so many accounts that are just posing as other people and have the verified <laughs> check, and it's just like I literally have to double take so many times. Like, oh, is that the right person? Oh yeah, yeah. it's so funny. Yeah. No, I love it, and honestly, like like so many people are like, I'm jumping ship. I'm not going to stay on this platform. And I'm like, fuck off. Like I'm going to stay, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay as long as I can. Cause it's, it's, there's no site like it. It's so fun. And yeah. like, I don't see Elon surviving this for very much longer. Either, either he goes or Twitter goes and I'll, I'll go down with the ship. So. Yeah. And it's also not like the past CEO was like a stand up citizen. You know what I exactly. mean? So it's not yeah. like, yeah. Whatever. Um, the biggest news, though, this week is uh, a little show called Westworld got cancelled after four seasons. Uh, I know Peter was a huge fan of Westworld. What do you think about that? Okay, so I gotta say, Westworld, I watched season one and season two together What after all the episodes released, and I thought that was some of the best sci-fi television I've ever seen. So I really, like, I loved the show. And then when season three was announced and it, like we're going to the human world, I was like, okay, there's so much they can do. There's no way they fucked it up, right? There's no way they can fuck it up. <laughs> they fucked it yeah. up, okay? They certainly um, did. And then after season three, they immediately announced that season four is renewed. And then obviously, like, the, the viewership has been a downward spiral ever since season one. So the it's, show's not doing a- great. It's a hilarious um, graph. If you look it up on the internet, like yeah, the viewing for every season, it's like a drops, quarter. Yeah. It's a quarter of season one now or less. Mm-hmm. Like first season wow. four, that is. It's um, terrible. And then season four sort of made a small comeback. I like, like I liked it a lot more than season three. I still don't think it's necessarily better than season two, but like no, it did, did put out a lot of good points and a lot of great scenes. I'm sad it got canceled because like, apparently the writers and the the no uh jonathan nolan and lisa joy said like they need one more season to wrap up the story but like we are sort of at the point where like lots of lots of characters that i personally care about have either died or just like you know no longer yeah. in the show and um like so, 
like it's sort of weird they brought back Dolores, like because she had sort of like a definitive end by season three, but they they brought her back. But um, yeah, I'm sad it ended, but you know, like it's really sad. Also sad to see that it never like lived up to the season one, season two hype for me. So yeah, and I mean. It's it's unfortunate that the writers had like an end game planned and that they're Before not going to the be show able. Got, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they knew yeah. where it was going probably while writing season four, and then they're not going to be able to finish that vision. So like as a creative, you know, I empathize with that. And this was, I think, canceled for you know tax write off reasons again or like whatever David Zaslav bullshit. Well, like um, I mean, the show is not doing great financially, so like it's not. And I mean, yeah, as far as financial decisions go, like this one is one of the more sensible ones, I think, um, that definitely makes sense to be canceled. Um, But yeah, I don't know, like you could literally just watch season one and two and say, oh, and then the show ended there, you know, and just like live in that bubble reality of like just two solid episodes of or seasons of television and then just because I would love to see this show get rebooted or like have like a um not really like a reboot but like continue like it's like because some of the themes it explores are quite cra- crazy do, and like quite... do a spin-off do yeah a spin-off. it's like, already uh, it's already it's a, a remake of an old yes. show correct? it's remake yes. of a old movie, movie. yes yeah, okay from the 70s yeah, yeah. so I think... like i think some of the themes that they're trying to put out about consciousness about humanity versus this sort of like new intelligence rising like in the version of hosts and the treatment of hosts, do they even consider human? Like, poses a lot of great, like, scientific moral questions that I would love to see other shows, other mediums, or, like, anything, just to explore them further. So, like, it would be great to see sort of, like, a spiritual successor almost to Westworld in yeah. the near future. I think yeah. I think there were discussions of spinoffs, weren't there, for, like, a Shogun kind of series, like, in the samurai world? I thought that was a thing. I don't know what happened to it, but... There was, that sounds really familiar to me, what I'm saying right now. So I'm, I don't know if it's still around after the cancellation, but anyways, it's let's head on. Because Shogun World's not been the thing since season two. So I don't True. think it is. Yeah. Uh, let's head on over to the Marvel Corner. Still uh, keeping up our streak Marvel of Marvel Corner. news. More news every week. Yeah, every week. <laughs> so we've got some casting for some upcoming, I think they're both series i think they're both definitively series so first off is wonder man and i bet a lot of oh, people yeah, are very thinking excited. what the oh oh i thought you were being sarcastic <laughs> i bet a lot of people are like what the fuck is a wonder man is that wonder woman knockoff <laughs> sort of i don't know he's got what is interesting is he has... are his chest <laughs> that is true he has he has ties to um to wanda uh maximoff the scarlet witch in that i think they've dated in the comics and also, he has ties to the origin of the Vision. He was um, the template. His brain patterns were the template for the Vision's consciousness. So oh, there's, so it's all like in the family kind of like related there. Um, and so we've got some casting for that series. It, was, it sounds like it's going to be, um, oh, I forget the name of the show, but like a Hollywood kind of like the office comedy of like... what. No. Oh my god. Are you shut serious? up, shut up. Let me let me finish. Of like like what it's like being in Hollywood. Cause because Simon Williams, who is Wonder Man, is an actor. So people have been saying that this is hilarious. I say, you know, deadpan. Um Evan Peters character, Ralph Boner, 
could come back and Ben Kingsley's what's his name in Man, Iron Man the 3 Mandarin. the Mandarin the fake Mandarin Trevor yeah. Trevor like Slattery okay yeah yeah we'll come back so Ralph your favorite characters yeah. Ralph <laughs> and Trevor are making a comeback uh in this show and it's yeah so I don't know it could be interesting I'm I'm hesitant it sounds like Wait. like it'll probably be of a similar tone as She-Hulk I imagine um peter you have a question i saw yaha got casted for that he sure did thanks for jumping the gun yeah 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 yaha, yaha uh, abdul yaha, yaha uh, abdul mateen the second is i think being circled for casting i don't know if it's a hundred percent official uh for wonder man dude i got hyped because he got casted that's a rumor oh my god that's pretty disappointing <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Bob Odenkirk is being looked yes, at. Yes, that's the other thing. I was like, yeah, the, the cast looks sick. Yeah. Manager. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think it could be interesting. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I can predict what Aiden's going to say. Like, I have low hopes for this just <laughs> on other Disney Plus series. Is that about uh, right? Yes. My take is don't care unless it comes out and it looks like exceedingly cool. Like it looks like yeah. really, really cool. And Dude. that's the only time it'll start to care. Um, Alex, I think it's confirmed. I just saw a variety article. Marvel's Wonder Man cast Yaha to lead Disney Plus series. So Okay. I think it's confirmed. Yeah, and I wish I knew what the name of that show is. It's, I thought it starts like with an E. Entourage? That, like, that might be it. I think it might be Entourage. Um, so I, what I've heard is it's going to be along the lines of that, if anyone's familiar with that, which I'm not. I've never seen it. I just know it's about Guy in Hollywood. Yeah, okay, then that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, some other news. Uh, Agatha Harkness, colon, Coven of Chaos. What a terrible title, by the way. I'm, like, stumbling through that. But <laughs> um, some more casting for that series. Uh, more important to me, Aubrey Plaza is, I think, cast as the villain of the series. And I think that's just fantastic love Aubrey, yeah, Aubrey Plaza uh I'm so yeah I think that'll be great we're big Plaza uh, supporters here we are yeah, yeah. <laughs> big Plaza stands um <laughs> also they've cast Joe Locke of Heartstopper fame uh and he's playing a character described as a gay teen with a dark sense of humor and so very quickly just based on that and who he looks like uh, people are surmising that he will probably be the aged-up version of Billy Maximoff, also known as mm. the superhero Wiccan. Uh, so one of, one of the twins of um, Wanda, uh, Wanda. So I think that's that's a, like a pretty good spot to like reintroduce him. I think uh, you know mm. keep it in the Wandavision family, and he's also like. A magic user so i think introducing him in like a magic central space makes sense yeah and then you know keep his brother somewhere else i don't know where you would introduce speed actually that's an interesting idea but anyways i think yeah i think that could be interesting i don't know what coven of chaos is going to be like i've heard it's yeah i was gonna ask what happened what happened to agatha at the end of wandavision again she gets a mind wipe and so she's she oh. thinks she's just like a regular person living in Westview. So right. I, I assume that will either be, you know, it'll wear off or someone will come save her from that. Um, I think I heard there was an episode that'll be like her trapped in a spell illusion kind of thing. So 
that could be like referring to the first episode where like how do we get from westview to like her coven of chaos or whatever um, <laughs> when she goes to her coven know. of chaos yeah <laughs> i mean she has to obviously yeah, yeah um, alex it's coven not coven by the way it is coven yeah get it right uh, okay <laughs> whatever whatever dad <laughs> shut up um <laughs> uh <laughs> last bit of casting news for marvel um this is heavily in rumor territory uh but i've heard from several different people on the twitter sphere that they're looking at a mr fantastic cast that will be a non-white actor i i although uh, like opposingly i've heard that adam driver is still being looked at like that was kind of confirmed again (laughs) who is obviously not not white Um, (laughs) but one person that i had seen like a gif of which usually is like you know a rumor that they could be cast was Diego Luna, Luna of Andor. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. I I don't hate it. It's not like what okay. my first or fifth cast would have been for Mister Fantastic, but like <laughs> I think it's more interesting than Adam Driver or who's the other one that they're talking about. Oh, oh uh, uh, John John Krasinski. You know. Oh yeah, bro. I, I thought that one's long gone. Isn't he confirming he's not coming back? I think it's almost certain that he will not yeah. be Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, I, hey, I don't know. I think still... Diego... yeah. Yeah, continue, continue. I, I think Diego Luna could be interesting. And I mean, you know, seeing what he's doing in Andor, like I really respect Dude, the guy can actor. act for sure. Yeah. yeah. The guy's I, fantastic. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think it could be interesting. And I am a big supporter of choosing a non-white actor because I just feel like yeah. so many of the heroes, even like now in 2022, are just white guys and it's stale. And I, I don't know why, you know, we need to keep doing that, you know? So I think, yeah. I think it's better this way. I, 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 I I'm a big the, proponent of that. The concept of we're, okay, we're considering a bunch of a huge variety of actors who are not white, but then there's also Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <just> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like about right for Marvel. Um, Anyway, speaking of Marvel collaborators, the Russo brothers gave out a comment about their oh, fuck. Uh, D- Disney <laughs> yeah. uh, Hercules live action remake. And it's perplexing to say the least. So they said that it's going to be, I can't even do it. They said it's going to be a modern musical. And it was a musical to begin with, so fair enough. Yeah. It's going to be a modern musical inspired by TikTok. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? No, is it like, going to be like a TikTok? Like the movie is a TikTok? Is it going to be on TikTok? It makes me so upset because like they keep saying shit like, yeah, you know, like the young generation like doesn't want to go to theaters. And like we like we get that. Like we empathize and like, like, oh, like they have this cheap ass. They made this like stupid quote earlier in the year about how like. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like classist to expect people to go to movie theaters, <laughs> watch our Netflix movies. Yeah, like, shut that was, the fuck um, up. That was in promotion for The Gray Man, which was a streaming yeah. uh, original. I, it's just so funny to me. Like, they think they're like in touch with like no, yeah. the the youth pulse. Like, they, they think they've got their finger on the pulse. Like, we know what's up. They don't. And like, like when they say it's a modern musical, like, is it going to be set in, in present day? Like, what <laughs> What does that mean? A modern yeah, musical in ancient Greek? Like, 
I don't because I don't it's know not like I mean. it's not like the form of the modern film musical is like drastically different than that of no. an old like it was twenty years ago. You know what I mean? No, it's yeah. I don't know, and like I I don't think I've seen a single one of their things post Marvel, and I I don't know <laughs> what happened, but you saw the somehow Man, they didn't you? No, I didn't. I didn't actually end up seeing it. Oh no! It's it's crazy to me that somehow they made some of the best Marvel movies. Like, yeah. like I think you can object. Like you can watch those movies and be like, you know, whether or not you like Marvel movies, they know what they're doing. They're good directors yeah. for that type of film, where yeah. not everyone is. There are bad Marvel movies directors who didn't get it right. So I just, it's baffling to me that they can't seem to do anything else that is you know good for yeah and you know it's subjective but anyways um clone high is making a a, a reboot comeback uh in 2023 season two will finally be released long awaited uh i don't know what that is (laughs) it's canceled too soon really so it's an animated um tv series that was from like the early 2000s and the premise is um, a bunch of like his famous historical figures were cloned. Like they, people took their DNA and cloned them. And then they're like teenagers in a high school. And so what is that like? What dynamics? Yo, that so, sounds really fun, honestly. And it's it's like one of those, um, actually, I, I'm 100% sure I wrecked it during the podcast. So I think you, you did. Listen, I remember you talking. You don't it. listen to what I say, Peter. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's like, it's like that kind of, and it's created by Chris Lord and Phil Miller. Did I get that right? I always mix them I think up. it's Phil... Phil. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so confusing. I should just say Lord <laughs> and Miller. Um, yeah. So it's created by Lord and Miller. It was one of their first, like, commercial projects. And, and I mean, like, they love animation. So, like, that was kind of, like, their foray. And um, what Wait, else can I guys? say? Where do the I Lego Movie Spirers? Guys. Oh! Lord and Miller. 20, 21 Jump Street. You know, all those ones. So um it's it's funny and it's exactly what you would expect from them it's not like like a, a kids animated show it's definitely oriented to like more adults or older teenagers um it, that's the one with like jfk who says funny things and he's like i you're uh i you're uh, want a body platter and or, or um nothing bad ever happens to the kennedys what <laughs> no no one knows what i'm saying Bro, These are great no, I, I, i've never seen that no. people who have seen the show are kicking themselves right now there's also um i uh want to go swimming in my pool and by pool i mean bed and by swim i mean sex and like that's how he talks <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah so he's he's one of the characters that's um, wild man that's crazy. also there's abe lincoln and he's the main character joan of arc gandhi Cleopatra, that's like the main cast. Anyways, great show. Go check that out. It's on it's on YouTube. The whole thing. That's where I watched it. Um, anyways, last, last bit of news. There were two trailers that came out this week. Uh, number one, the less exciting one to me, is The Eternal Daughter. So that's the new film from Joanna Hogg. Um, she was the director, I think maybe writer-director, of the two souvenir movies, The Souvenir Part 1, Part 2. I've not seen them yet, but... They look amazing, and I really do want to see those eventually. Um, so I'm interested to see what that's about. It follows um, Tilda Swinton uh, playing both mother and daughter. Uh, it, and I mean, like, that's like a gimmick that, whatever, yeah. I'm not crazy about. But if anyone could pull that off, it's Tilda Swinton. She could play 
two very yeah. different characters, I think. Um, yeah, I was I was watching the trailer and I was like, wow, she really just never stops. I swear she's in like five <laughs> movies every year. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's in so much. She was yeah. in like a movie that you know only film people have heard of this year called Memoria. Maybe I'll look this up so I don't sound like a fool. Um, movies twenty twenty two. Um, what did you think of the trailer, Aiden? I know you actually watched it. Yeah, uh, I'm not super inspired by that trailer. I do get the impression that the movie is going to be drastically different than what the trailer is going to be. I feel like mm. they're trying to fit like a certain archetype of marketing, like spooky ghost story, and it's kind of like harkening back to like, like, a, like to me, it seems like an older style of trailer, like the kind of thing that. I would have seen mm. when I was like a kid and I feel like it's trying to do that on purpose. And I feel like it's not going to be that. Cause one of the reviews also said deeply moving. And so I was like, okay, I think it's going to be a little bit more like contemplative than the trailer is making it seem. Yeah. And yeah. So the movie that Tilda Swinton was in called is called Memoria. And mm. that was one of three movies last year. The French Dispatch and the, the Souvenir Part 2 being the other two. Um, yeah. She's got three movies this year, 3,000 Years of Longing, The Eternal Daughter, and Pinocchio. She had two movies in 2020. What is that? F- five movies in 2019, yeah, which was, one of which was Avengers Endgame, which is so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's got a crazy career, just like yeah. so many movies, multiple products. I don't think there's been quite some time since she's had like one movie in a year just constant um but yeah like i don't know ghost story whatever i'm not i wasn't really drawn in by that trailer either um also this uh week we got the first like proper trailer for avatar the way of water so we don't have to keep watching to say about that stupid teaser that looks like a dentist office video (laughs) that's all i always say that so peter actually I want to hear from you. What did you think? Because you you liked Avatar. Yeah, I liked the first one. Now, okay, I have a lot of problem with this trailer. Really? Okay, I didn't th- I didn't expect this. Okay, let's hear. Because okay, so from the look of the trailer, it seems like you know, like the like we expect the movie to be beautiful. You know, exploring new locations, um, fully CGI'd most likely, <laughs> or maybe in real world. Who knows? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's all um, CGI, buddy. That's the whole point. That's the but I like really like, like, I think that obviously I think James Cameron is going to nail, you know, like he's done it before. And I think he, I believe him that he will do it again. What I'm no concerned about is the story. Cause it seems like it's just another story of them uniting a bunch of ocean tribes to fight humans on the ocean. And that's just like a repeat of what happened in the first one. So mm-hmm. I hope that they don't, you know, they come up with something new because like, it seems like human will also again play a part in this movie and like they will be fighting. So I hope they come up with new and innovative ways to weave that into the story, not just I don't... human one pan- Pandora. So yeah. Pandora people fight back type of thing. Can you, can you even do an Avatar movie without evil humans? Like, isn't that the whole. I do. I just really, I really hope they come up with something new, man. Like, what else would be the villain, you know? I don't know. And it would also, it would be really strange to just disregard, like, I don't know how you do it in a way that if you didn't have humans, how do you like fully acknowledge or address that Jake Sully was a human? Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's kind of an essential ingredient. Also, just like watching the trailer. Okay, there's two. I have a, I have a positive for the trailer and a negative. So positive, and you know, people said this on Twitter, and so the moment where the one Avatar guy, I don't, I don't know who he is, which like, like the human kid? character. No, you, oh. you're not even like you don't know what I'm even talking about. I haven't said anything yet. So an avatar, the avatar guy, and like the only other avatar <laughs> guy in the trailer is the kid. No, right? <laughs> so there's no. an avatar guy, and it could be Jake. It might be a, the villain though. Like I don't know who it is. He's holding a human skull and he crushes it, and that that what? is kind of cool. That is kind of yeah, cool. cool. You missed that part? Did you play? I think I did. <laughs> I don't remember blink. seeing that. Yeah, so he's is it looks pretty cool. I will give him props for that. It's very Hamlet of them. Um but just like seeing Jake with the the Avatar braids, I it just reminds me how weird the central concept is where it's like white guy is cosplaying as an indigenous yeah. alien. Like it's so fundamentally weird to me it's dances with wolves like it's all of these space yeah, yeah. stupid white savior movies and it's just like it yeah. makes me like i can't get into it because i'm always going to be like that's a weird concept to begin with of a white person masquerading and like i'm with these guys it's like it's like those white people who associate with black people and they act like they're black and they they you know like Sometimes they even say the N-word, you know, like that kind of person. It's like, okay, but you're not, right? You know that? So, like, the only way Avatar could elevate for me is if it actually addressed something like that and challenged these ideas. But the odds of that happening are so low, I think. I just, I I would never expect them to do that. That could be, like, the most game-changing thing they could do, I think. Yeah, I actually think it would be interesting if they tried to address, instead of just making him the savior hero, if they tried to, like how, like how Dune is, like, that's the point of Dune. Yes. Like, Dune is about that, and it tackles that. And you can criticize how Dune tackles that, but that is what it's trying to tackle. Or even just like the book. Yeah. 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 The book does it. Whether or not the movie succeeds at it. By the way. I've seen a lot of criticism of how the book tackles it too, but... Either way. Yeah, 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 fair. So yes, I Peter? started, um, I've been reading the Doom books, like the first one, and man, like, we thought the movie was crazy, the book is even crazier, what the fuck, man. The movie's pretty happen, faithful yeah. adaptation. Yeah, but like, it cuts out so much, like, stuff, like the, it like, I think the movie does a very good job depicting, like, the big picture, but the subtlety uh that the oh, book sure. describes is just completely removed. You mean the stuff where it's like two characters talking and it's like i could tell by the way he rotated his wrist a quarter of a degree that oh he was my thinking god about i mean like yeah like the best <laughs> like, stuff yeah. like analyzing yeah, yeah. yeah totally bro totally yeah i mean and also like that dinner scene like how much like yeah you know like what's going on beneath you know like mm-hmm. of like uh like i really love like how frank herbert described like how because like everyone sort of picks up on different things, and that tells you so much about their character. Anyway, yeah. two books, fantastic. But yeah, cool. So uh, we need to get out of this news segment. God damn it! Yeah. We need to uh, we need to we talk about movie. the movie. So we watched a little movie no called more After News. No, okay. <laughs> Down with the news. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so After Sun, uh, I've got some general info. I'm going to start doing this for our movie. So it's. Uh, Directed and written by Scottish filmmaker Charlotte Wells, 
this is her featured debut. She has been directing short films, at least three, one of which Idna and I have seen, called Laughs. We liked it. Um, it stars Paul Mescal as Calum, or yeah, it's probably Calum, right? Not Callum. I don't know. You, you don't know? Okay. Uh, and Frankie Car- Cor- Corio, I have written, uh, as Sophie. It's produced, now I think this is really interesting, it's produced by Barry Jenkins. I knew that I think, in, yeah. Oh, you knew that? Okay. I think that informs yeah. a lot, and it says a lot about like how this project looks and feels. Um, like and saying it's just Jenkins true. doesn't miss since I said that on the podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's distributed by A24. So uh, before we get into the movie and our thoughts, we're going to guess the Metacritic score. This is a fun little game we play. There's a little site on the internet called Metacritic where they tabulate critic scores and give it a, like a review out of 100, an average of critics' reviews. So general users don't get input. It's just critics. Um if it's scored a 60 and above, it's green. If it's 80 and above, it gets a special label called must see. If it's in the 50s or so, it gets yellow. And if it's in the 40s or below, it's red. So we're going to try and guess where After Sun lands. Um, I think who ended? I think last time Peter went last. So Peter can go first. Mm. Ooh, this is tough. I feel like because Metacritic is just critics. That's true. 93. You think 93? Yeah. I, hmm. I was thinking about this. I think this is like a really good movie. So I'm going to go with, and something that critics are going to enjoy. So I'm going to go with a 90. Okay. Well, logic would follow that it would make sense. I don't think it's going to be much lower than 90. So I'm not going to try to beat you out on that market. <laughs> you said you said 93, right, Peter? Yeah, I said 93. Okay, well then, I would either have to guess the perfect in-between or assume it's going to be higher. So I'm just going to go 94 <laughs> and cover the rest to 100. 94. Interesting. Look okay. at that. Look at the strats, Actually, bro. That's what I do every time. <laughs> it's more, my, my answer is more based off your answers every week. This is great. And what did Tar get last week? Wasn't it a 91? <laughs> I, know, I, I, I like my jaw dropped looking at the score. Um, Tar, Tar, I think, got 91, though, right? Uh, 92 or 93. Yeah, I think it's a little higher than 91. Okay, wait, let me check. I'll, I'll, I'll double check because I, okay, Metacritic didn't like that. Um, just going to use Google then. Looks like, yeah, so Tar got a 91 for reference. So 93, 90, and Aiden gets 94. Son of a bitch, Aiden wins again. Yeah! <laughs> you got a meta got, game. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very good at the game. Um, <laughs> I've crafted a game that I should be really It's meta gaming because it's Metacritic. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> sure. Um, anyway, so after Sun, after Sun gets a 95. That's four points above Tar. And I think Aiden and Peter have very strong thoughts about that, but we're going to get into it. So Aiden, seeing as you won, um, you get to go first, or you get to decide who goes first. Yeah, those things are the same thing. Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's hear. What did you think of the movie? No spoilers. It's good. It's a good movie. 
In fact, it's very good. I think this is an, uh, like a really incredible feature debut from Charlotte Wells. Um, like you said, we already saw one of her shorts, and I thought I was very impressed by the directing of that as well, of Laps. So it's not necessarily surprising that this is also very well directed, because I think it takes a lot of very bold choices with how it chooses to tell the story um, and how it's directed. I think that the performances are great. We'll get into it, but I'm like in awe of the child actor. That's incredible that yes. a child actor gave that performance. We'll we'll get into that more though. Um, but I have to be honest, there was something. I think this movie is incredibly well done, and it's one of those movies where it's like Tar, where I don't even have any like major criticisms because I feel like anything I could suggest, there was such a specific reason for why they did what they did that it 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 feels like it was a natural part of the movie. But there was something that was, I felt like there was a barrier to me emotionally connecting with this as much as I wanted to. I felt like I wasn't as connected to it until the end. Um, and I don't know, I can get into some of my ideas of how I might've wanted to see that changed, but not a big deal. Cause at the end of the day, I think it was still incredibly well-crafted. I think the ending is great. Great moment of catharsis. If I had to give this a star score, this is either a 4.5 or a 4 for me. Mm. Hmm. I'm going <laughs> to go. You, would you recommend I, this yeah. to someone else? I would absolutely. I think I would recommend this to anyone, honestly. I think like, I think that, you know, we often make the distinction like, oh, are you, are you film guy or, or average guy? And I <laughs> think that both, I think that both might like this movie a lot. I think that there are some things that might like test uh, the the average oh, sure. moviegoer yeah, a little bit, but sure. I, I think that you can still, I, I think that you can still take away a lot from it. That's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll save I'll save what I'm thinking about uh, for after. But um, it, actually, we watched it. We watched it together again, we and did. I noticed like halfway through, like you leaned forward. And we're watching it like leaning into the screen. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a great, like, like that's what this movie, like it wants you to lean in to yeah. watch it. And I think, I think that's just like a testament to it. I do also, I just can't sit still for too long. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> so I actually, I need to change, I change my sitting position like every 10 minutes, but also the movie. Yes. <laughs> no, I and I, I, I felt the same way about talk. So I think, I think there's yeah. a lot just again i'll bring this up for a, a full discussion point later but two weeks in a row we've had excellent movies which has been yeah. reflected in the metacritic score but you know these movies have been great uh peter has an interesting uh controversial even take on this movie peter what did you think i have to go next eh? okay yeah. so i can't really give it a star rating because i feel like you have to rating... i'm going to make you are you going to make me all right i'll do that last then um, so basically, uh, I watched it before these guys, mm -hmm. and somehow the movie didn't really uh, connect with me in the ways I wanted it to. And I don't even think, like, I'm not like a cold-hearted monster like Alex, because this guy watched Interstellar and didn't even fucking cry. I cried every time. I've seen Interstellar twice, and both times I've cried um interstellar really connected with me resonated with me and christopher Nolan. i felt like it's like you know emotional punch every time 
But somehow this movie, which is described by everybody that like they either cried or like deeply connected with the movie, somehow that didn't happen with me. So that's a little odd. But um, because of that, like I think I only, you know, sort of watched it and understood it in a very superficial level. Like I, I watched a lot of reviews and people's breakdown ideas, opinions of the movie afterwards. And I see everything that they mentioned while I was watching it. But somehow these moments didn't really have as much of an impact as I wanted them to. We'll get into it in the spoiler discussion, like, in detail. But, like, it's just, like, without you connecting with the movie emotionally, this movie, on a superficial level, is a simple story of a holiday. And that alone can't satisfy me and, like, doesn't warrant a great rating. So, like... It's like a three, like the performance is great. I can't, I can't, like, there's no debate on the performance. I think uh, the, both the dad and the kid did an amazing job. Just, I think it's something that you, it's one thing to see these things happen in real life, which is already like realistic to begin with, but it's different to sort of provide that authentic level of performance in a movie or a piece of like artistic work. And the fact that they were both, able to deliver that and they were like the only key cast member of the movie is very very impressive and like my star rating like for them it's a five out of five but like for the movie as a whole it's a three and a half so three and a half i mean you know what i'll take it as long as it's positive like it's above (laughs) three if like, you'd given it a three, like, I, I can't, been like, I can't of good conscience give it like a two you know like i didn't really like it and like like me liking a movie plays a huge part in like how I rate the movie. Like I can't give a movie that I didn't really enjoy as much any anywhere above four. So like that's just how my ratings work. Okay, man. Um like I like I told you like off off air. I know I'm gonna get flamed, but like that's every no 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 my e- take, you know. <laughs> every every opinion is valid, you know. You can't control some opinions how you, are more valid than others. <laughs> <laughs> you can't control how you feel while watching a movie, so every opinion is valid, right? Dude, but trust me, opinion, I really wanted to like this movie, man. Like I had very high hopes going. No, and yeah, like you know, every like I said, every opinion is valid, but yours is capped. So let's just you know what, whatever. <laughs> Um, uh, man, I had another question for you, but I forget what it was. Would you recommend this to other people? That's one. Right. Thing, um, I say definitely go check it out. Like, there's a reason why a lot of people like this movie. And like, if it connects with you, I think you're going to have a great time. Um, but like, like I've seen some reviews where it didn't really connect with them. And like for them, like, it's just the depiction of a holiday. Like you're always waiting for a big emotional beat drop, but that never happens. Like, if you're expecting something like that, I say, like, don't go. Like, it's going to disappoint you. Okay. I think that's fair. I think if you're if you're expecting it to be like a... Like how an, an analogous movie is like... Uh, fuck, what's it called? Florida Project. We've been talking about that. Florida Project has, like, multiple things where it's, like, it's a big thing that happened. And, like, mm-hmm. if you are expecting that and you're expecting to, like, be kind of shocked by like just kind of like a crazy not a crazy but like a, a heightened situation happening this movie isn't that i yeah. I, I don't uh, think that's a bad thing but i think that yeah, that's no. true yeah and uh, i'll also make a comparison to a movie i saw earlier this year it's called supernova it's stanley tucci oh, yeah. and uh colin Firth, colin Farrell. oh for, for yeah sorry yeah so it's like a british gay couple uh 
one of them has cancer and like I just say like these two movies are actually extremely similar like even though Supernova didn't get as much buzz and praise as this one it's just a very mellow film like you if you go in go in expect like a huge emotional beat drop you're not going to get it there either so if you didn't enjoy that movie you're not going to enjoy this one but if you like that movie and what it presented then this one probably has like that on steroids yeah remember remember bros and what not you peter but remember bros and what um they said about brokeback mountain aiden yeah how how like like these like gay movies are just oscar bait for you know like you can't get your oscar as a straight man until you play a gay man yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah. whatever it was they said that's what supernova is for (laughs) (laughs) like well colin already has an oscar so whatever but like that's it's it's oscar bait i don't did that come out this year 2021 so like it might have dropped yet but uh, there's no way i'm ever seeing that it just looks whatever but anyways um so my opinion um where do i start I think I I did initially pitch this as analogous to Florida Project. I think it is in some respects in that um, it depicts like a lower class family and like perspective is a big thing that's yeah. similar. So like in the Florida Project, it's mostly the perspective of a, well, I don't know, five or six year old, like a very young child. And this one plays with perspective, uh, but from the... Uh, the 11 year old girl and having seen it now I would say it's probably closer for me to um, eighth grade by Bo Burnham I think really that that's one that yeah that's what I felt um, I I didn't think of the Florida project for most of watching have you seen the Florida project I've seen both eighth grade and Florida project okay okay so uh, you know it's not about tech because it is set in like i don't know the 90s or early 2000s somewhere around there so like it's not about tech like eighth grade is but that's that's just the vibe i got from it and i was tempted to go back and watch that one also saying it was directed by barry jenkins it's very reminiscent of moonlight in certain ways sure i agree in that like it's produced by barry jenkins i did say that at the beginning of the podcast you said Thank you, Peter. directed by barry jenkins i did not say that you don't you listen to what that. i say you just no. said that did i okay and what yeah. did i say I, it's produced i'm abstaining i didn't hear it to be frank okay it's you. produced by barry jenkins there you whatever go. that's better and <laughs> i guess people who are listening can go back and check but i'm right for sure um so it's very when you edit this in post you're gonna find out oh, yeah you're gonna, i'll, you're gonna, I'll you're edit for it. a nasty I'll surprise bro yeah. no i'm gonna edit it i'll change it's gonna be like an obvious cut where it's just yeah. like yeah it was directed by barry jenkins <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so i'm wrong i would make it so i was right oh now, yeah right right I mean, Moonlight is directed by Barry Jenkins, yeah, yeah. so maybe you got confused, fool. But <laughs> anyways, so so Moonlight, you know, I think the first part or like first act of it is from the perspective of a young child. So it's very reminiscent of that. And then it does flash forward in time to how those moments as a child affected them as an adult. And there's a little bit of that here. And also just like, subjective reality is big for barry jenkins work from what i've seen so that was also very similar anyways what did i think about this movie i thought it was great um aiden can attest to this at the end of the movie i said something along the lines of wow that was five stars maybe even better than tar yeah that was something (laughs) along the lines of what i said uh we watched it with another person who 
uh, will shall remain nameless. Um, they were crying towards the end, and like, I I never got to that place, but I can see how I definitely understand this. Yeah, yeah, I understand, and I think like there is a a, a power and a strength to this film in its emotions. So even though I guess none of the three of us actually ended up connecting with it, like I totally get it. And I wish, I really wish that I had, you know, felt it all the way through. Maybe I just watched too many movies and I'm dead inside now. But like, <laughs> maybe. I love that. Um, but uh, actually, no, like not even that long ago, like watching West Side Story in theaters last year. I think, I think I broke for that one. You um, broke for West Side Story! You need to that calm a, down. That was a you, good okay. movie, Peter. Can we? Can we? Can we? Like, seriously? Let's pause for a second. Let's crazy. pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. West Side Story, this is directed by Steven Spielberg, on the one side, Interstellar, directed by Christopher Nolan, and mine is more surprising to you. Bro, yeah. what the fuck? What? Like, how you did you... Which scene? Which scene? Tell me exactly like, which no, scene. I think, no, I think... I watched it with my family, and I think every single one of no, us... No, yeah, tell me which scene. That. The ending. The ending of that movie. And I know the ending. I've seen the original, and I wasn't affected by that one at all. You've read Romeo and Juliet. Dude. And you've yeah. read... Honestly, <laughs> at the end, I was just saying, girl, please don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. <laughs> she didn't kill herself. I was like, oh sigh relief. Movie ends. I was like, okay. Thank God she didn't kill herself. In space says it all. He's just confused. This is great. Well, anyways, yeah, because like, it is, I like both of those movies, and I understand why someone would cry at either. I don't think it's yeah. that. I think either way, it's not that surprising. No, I think I think we just need to stop judging people for crying. Yeah. Oh my god! Like whatever. Your reaction was unacceptable. Dude, okay, okay, anyways, dude, let me finish think... my review. Let me no, finish no, no, my review. No, no. We need let to move on with this podcast. One quick second here. I muted Peter. This is great. (laughs) I'm going to go on with my review. Um, And so what did I like about this movie? I think it's directed phenomenally, phenomenally. Um, The every shot is perfect. Um, I love what they do with focus and the insert shots. Um, I think it tells a really interesting story. What Peter said about um, there not being like a lot of plot, I think works to its advantage. I really like um, how much, not mundane per se because it is like interesting things happen they're just not like interstellar or like you know marvel like or or even like tar like there's more happening in tar than there is here it's subtle and i love it for that i think um the and i think both of us have said this or everyone has said this um the acting is crazy Um, i don't know how they got a performance like that out of a child but I it didn't feel like acting. That was like yeah. I thought the kid was actually like just on vacation, and they just captured it like it happened. It's insane how good that was. Um, and yeah, I think the story was moving. Um, there's some really great moments. Didn't fully latch on to me like I hoped it did, but I don't think that's a flaw of the movie. So I I am okay. Really that's what close. I was trying to say too. That's what I was trying yeah. to articulate and couldn't. Okay. Yeah. I think I almost feel like, and I, and we can get into this. I feel like not crying at the end is a valid reaction, and you know might be part of the movie. 
I'll get into it. Um, but yeah, I think I think this could be a five out of five movie because you know at some point I have to give five out of five to something, yeah. and if not this, what you know, like yeah. what deserves a five if not this? I you know retroactively I might even give Tar a five. I feel like maybe I was too harsh. You know, I don't think any movie is ever going to be perfect. There's always some right. little thing that you're not super pleased with. But, you know, I I don't think I should just, you know, be withholding of five stars. So Well, like, dude, think, rating's subjective in the first place. So. Also true, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I feel like this is a five-star movie for me, um, which I guess technically puts it above tar, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, and I, I think I would recommend it for people to see this. Uh, and kind of like what Aiden said, we do kind of like discriminate like against the layman and <laughs> and i mean i i always just associate the layman with the people who watch marvel movies and who go yeah, see black right, adam right. but there's there's people who are not those who watch right. all sorts of movies and you know some of them don't even like black adam type movies even though they're not into film so i think this is a great movie to watch for like that audience whereas tar was probably a bit too long and probably a bit too slow for them. This is, I think, perfect. I think it's a little more joyful while also not afraid to explore some more sad things. Um, yeah, I think people need to go see this movie. It's fantastic. Um, maybe my favorite of the year, which is what I said last week. But um, yeah, so that's my spoiler re- or non-spoiler reaction. Aiden has something to say, though. Yeah, just uh, just before we jump into uh, non to a spoiler review, I've yep. been like just sitting here trying to think like because as soon as I said there was something stopping me from connecting to it, I was thinking back to the movie and trying to like think of something that could have like made me connect to it more, mm-hmm. and like the more I'm thinking about this movie, like the more like I feel very emotionally connected to it now, like recollecting what happened. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting, considering one yeah. of the major yes. themes of the movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, like it's like so. It has this like very meditative and calming feel, while also like it's so meticulous with some of the details. That let's shine through it. It portrays like a variety of emotions. Like I, I'm actually rescinding my suggestion that it could be four stars immediately. <laughs> and it's, it's it's definitely four and a half. okay like okay yeah i think i think jumping onto that the i also like talking about emotional connection i think we just we have this issue of like applying that to like did you cry or not right right and i i think that's not what we should be judging it on because i was watching that movie and i felt joy for so much of it and like like a complete interest in what was going on um I also I, I just felt, felt like a peace. I felt like yeah, sure, you know I mean? like <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I felt nervous at times based on certain yeah. events going on screen. I felt empathy for characters who were going through shit. Um, what else? Uh, fucking I don't know. Just like oh, and just like a hollow pit of despair, which sometimes you know <laughs> movies make yeah. you feel like that. And leaving the movie. I was affected. I had to yeah. like, you know, I had to listen to some songs like driving home. I was like, yeah, you know, so it did have a lasting effect on me. I just didn't cry. And that's, I will say, 
mark yeah. of a good movie for me, I got into the car and I was going to turn music on and I was like, no, I'm not going to. I'm just going to oh. sit with the movie. And for me, that's marker of a very good movie. I don't do that unless yeah. I really liked the movie and it affected me. Yeah, like when you have to sit in your car and just go. <sighs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you write some things down and sometimes you just sit for five minutes going like, whoa, I just watched that. So like, I think probably even more than Tar, like I actually felt something from this movie and not to like hate on Tar, love Tar, but (laughs) anyways, we've done a lot of non-spoiler talking and we need to move on. So um, brief synopsis is me again, because I keep losing this fucking thing. Why did I create a game? Why did I create a game that I'm bad at? This is (laughs) anyways. So I'll give a brief synopsis. So the briefest of synopses is, a, a guy and his daughter go on vacation t- to Turkey. They're from Scotland. Um, I think the parents never were married. Maybe I, divorced, yeah. but it, I get no, the sense that... No, they were never it, married. They were very they young when they had a kid. They yeah, were thinking what, about being engaged, but the, it never happened. That, yeah. yeah, so, you know, unmarried couple and now separated, um, seeing other people. And so it sounds like he doesn't get to see her very often. So this is like their special bonding time in Turkey for the summer vacation. Well, he doesn't live school. in Scotland too. Interesting. I I didn't I think know he, that. I didn't pick where, that up. I, he did say where he lived, but I'm not sure I picked London, up where. I Do you know? I just know there's a section where she says, are you ever going to move back to Scotland? And he says, no. Oh, oh right. Yeah. He said he's talking not about... in his hometown. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I got hometown. I didn't know about Scotland for oh, sure. Oh, I thought they meant Scotland in general. Yeah, you are right, though. They don't live in the same city. So there's that. Um, And yeah, so the movie just kind of follows the girl, Sophie, as she is on this vacation, spending time with her dad. And she, you know, she meets a boy her age and they kind of have like a a fun vacation romance at the arcade. Um, (laughs) She also meets some older people, some older teenage, I think teenage boys and two yeah two girls so boys and girls and kind of like her whole thing is like she's watching um she's perceiving like grown-up stuff quote unquote and so she's kind of like we're watching through her eyes as she kind of like learns more about the world and picks up on certain things and yeah it's trying to think what else like happens uh there's a the dad it seems is going through some stuff if i had to guess depression mm-hmm. perhaps bipolar i'm not sure i wouldn't want to make that kind of call but uh it seems like he's not completely satisfied with his life especially um with the fact that he's uh his birthday's coming up and it happens in the movie um but yeah just lots of father father daughter time and also sprinkled throughout the movie, we see flash forwards of an older Sophie. She's um, she's in a relationship. She has a, a, a female partner. She has a child, I think. And she goes to a, a club at some point and she sees her dad. And we'll talk about that and what that means and if it's real. But, you know, we keep coming back to this scene in like a rave where like the lights are flashing and it's uh, Sophie aged maybe 20 or 30 uh, seeing her dad at the party. And so it kind of, well, I want to save that, but I think like 
that's like a pretty good idea of what the movie is yeah. kind of starts with the beginning of the vacation you know arriving at 5 a.m and you know ends with her going back home anything i missed no i think that's yeah all right then so uh let's get into our spoiler discussion we've already done a spoiler warning so you've been warned um Let's talk about the direction and cinematography directed by Charlotte Wells and cinematography by Gregory. I think it's okay. Or Oak, Gregory Oak. He did, uh, he actually did do laps, which is interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, but this is not his feature debut. He's done one other feature. This okay. is probably like his bigger t- debut though. Like I, I, not many people have seen the other one on Letterboxd, but anyways, uh, the directing is fucking crazy. Very good. Very, yeah. very good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe even go. better than Tar, like, or more. I'd struggle to say that. I think it's a different, it's a different style. Yeah. It's very a different, different style. And I think it's different in that Tar felt like it was using um, quite different techniques at different times to mm-hmm. differentiate scenes. Whereas I feel like this one had more of an overall style. Uh, and mood so i think it was a bit of a different philosophy of directing slash cinematography i think what i would say is that this one is certainly more auteur i think that's safe to say Uh, like i think this one leans more out there not to say that todd field's direction is anywhere near like generic or you know traditional i think he's got he's he's auteur for sure along the lines of denis and fincher Mm. but I think Charlotte's leans a little further, even more so from what the traditional is. And definitely like, I get the sense of like, this is someone who's seen the French new wave, you know, like kind of maybe not editing wise, but like the choice of shots I think is definitely more interesting. So like, you know, she plays a lot with focus. So like, you know, things in the distance will be in focus and the main characters in the foreground will be blurry. Uh, yeah. I love how, how she does that. Lots of um, inserts, uh, lots of reflections, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah. one of the things that I picked up on was that she reminded me in some parts of Lynn Ramsey's directing style, how, who is, I believe, another Scottish director. I think Lynn Ramsey is also so, yeah. Scottish. Um, in that, like, right? Ratcatcher, Rat yeah. Yeah. In that, I haven't seen Ratcatcher, but yeah. I the way that information is cut off, like there are specific like yeah there are spe- moments where we especially when we're looking at the dad and we'll get into why I think this is, but because I think there's a very specific and great reason for it when we're looking at the dad there's always much of his face cut off. One of the things I noticed at the beginning of the movie, it's not until like pretty much the first night is over and they're at the pool in the morning on the next day, we don't really see his face clearly before that point. Like, and that's some of the things I picked up on where it's like, and because I was thinking like, are we never going to really see his face? And then the next scene, it was like, he's clearly there. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, obviously we see his face, but it's like when he's on the balcony and his back is turned to us and he's, yeah. he has a cigarette in his mouth and he looks over sometimes, but there's shadow on his face or like there was one shot that was like a close up of him on like the bus, but it was like the way the light was, you can't quite see his face super well. And I think like a lot, well, I'll get more into this, but like, I think one of the big 
themes of this movie is like the fleeting nature of memory. And I think that yeah. it really ties into that. And I think that one of the shots, sorry, I'll end, I'll end my rant after this, but <laughs> there's one shot where um, we just see like uh, the dad, like who is generally like a very kind of chipper guy with his daughter. Like he seems like he's a dad who like really likes to make sure mm-hmm. she's, having a good time stuff but like this is a scene where he turns kind of serious and he gets her to stop recording him with the camcorder and we yeah. just see this scene play out in like the tv reflection like you were saying i thought that was like phenomenal like because it's and it's this feeling it's like of like two minute, it's a two minute scene like it's long yeah and we're trying to like this feeling of like we're trying to piece together just piece together who this dad was and like what are the things that were making him tick and how that affects Sophie just the same way Sophie is like it does a great job of putting us in her shoes with that absolutely uh, yeah yeah and we'll talk about that yeah um also just with that shot like I don't know if you noticed but the focus keeps changing so sometimes yeah, it'll be the mirror the mirror reflection of him and then it'll shift closer to the tv reflection of it it's just that shot is so insane. It's so good. And it's all like, it makes it all about the audio, right? So you're listening more. And oh, man, yeah. I just, wow, this movie. This movie's very um, quiet in some parts too. Like very, well, yeah. very, mm-hmm. like, and just this soft feeling that it has. Yeah. And I think, uh, what else can I say? Um, I think if I had to guess, this was all natural lighting. I couldn't see Largely. any... I don't like probably like a few touch-ups here and there, but like for the most part, I don't think they used very much like lighting yeah. stuff, maybe, you know, like bounces and uh, diffusion right. kind of thing for, to, you know, complement the natural light. But I don't think they use like a whole lot of lights from the, I keep wanting to say studio lights, but you know, filmmaking lights. Um, yeah. I mean, there also, there's like beautiful colors in this movie. There's one thing that I just uh, want to quickly yeah. bring up as well that like, sure. There are a few shots that are a very, very slow pan, like the, the yes, slowest yeah. pan you can imagine. And it's not really panning to anything, but it's like this yeah. kind of like swirling, never quite fixed in place feeling that this movie has. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I know which pans you're thinking of. Um, usually it's of Sophie. And that was one of the shots that I was kind of like, if this wasn't directed by a woman, I would be really weirded out right now. You know, like just, I don't even know what shot you're talking about. Okay. So it's when she's like, probably like the first day at the hotel. And we, we, um, I think it's probably more of a, like a dolly tracking or like, like a dolly move uh, Uh left to right. And it's like, uh, like a close up of her knee kind of thing. It's like along her body while she's lying oh in bed. okay yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. yeah like if this was directed by a man i would be like that's creepy um just because like i know there's kind of like this tendency for women to be like ogled by the camera and do like a a pan from like or not a pan like a i guess it's a boom up from or a tilt from you know bottom to top and it's very like mm-hmm. looking at the female form uh, and this is like an eleven-year-old girl, so like it's yeah. extra weird. I didn't so get I didn't, that feeling from that shot at all in this. Movie, I didn't know, like I didn't, I didn't feel like the filmmaker was trying to do that, but like I, 
I was a little uncomfortable. Okay. Just like, I don't know. What I saw was that like her legs were like bruised. Like she had a bunch think, of like little bruises on her legs. I and I thought point. that's a great detail. Cause when you're a kid, like that's, that's such a thing that you just have like that's... these little bruises on Like you just, and you have no mm-hmm. idea where you got them. Like, yeah. Yes. I know. That's what, I like that, it's... that's all I was thinking about when I saw it. But yeah. And I don't know. The, the other thing is like, and I, we'll talk about this next, but like, the whole movie is very like perspective heavy. It's mm. very much from the perspective of um, the girl, Sophie. So it's a weird shot in that, like that's a, a situation of it not being from her perspective. Um, I don't know. Wasn't my favorite shot. Uh, was that also the same one as the cigarette one? Cause then it zooms in, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. From there. So I don't oh, know. Oh, sorry. But... I have one more thing on direction too, actually. Sure. Yeah. There, there are so many shots where, it's like a two shot of Sophie and the dad and they occupy like the same part of the frame. Like they're mm-hmm. not like a lot of movies when trying to illustrate relationships and like maybe a strain, like they'll have characters like completely separated in the frame and we can see how distant they are within the frame all the time, but they're very often like stacked in the middle and we see them together. We see like, they are like applying sunscreen on one another and it's like right okay i i really like i think it gave because there is a bit of a strain in the relationship there but i think it it gives it this really realistic tone where it's like it's not i I think a less uh insightful director might be like oh well their relationship's a bit strained so i'll have them isolated and i i think that's not really an accurate way to do it i really liked the way that was i just i don't know why but i I thought of another shot that i loved that was i think it was caleb's face and it's while they're like on the boat for like snorkeling or whatever like swimming in Mm -hmm. the ocean and it's like a close-up and then it pans away so slowly and his face just slowly gets cut off and it's like looking at the the landscape or whatever man i just yeah this movie's crazy um Peter right now looks like he's about to fall asleep and he's <laughs> listening. He's more listening to the podcast than participating. Uh, did you have any light bulbs about cinematography or directing, Peter? I noticed the reflection thing for sure. Um, I thought it was unique and that's about it. <laughs> Great also, insights. I hated, oh, I hated the rave shots, by the way. Like uh, Wait, What? Like, mm. the, like the flat, like I thought the... Like how does movie get past like uh, I don't know. There's like a board uh, reviewing these pictures, but like there has to be like a flash. Yeah, there has to be a flash warning somewhere, man. The only movie I've ever seen that for is Avatar. I saw people had signs up at the movie theater for Avatar, and I was like, of all the movies, why this one? You know, like I've seen movies with raves. Like the shots shots were cool, but like man, like it was just like someone flipping between dark and light mode but like you know it was a minor complaint yeah that's a rave that's what a rave is so i don't know what you're expecting um whatever anyways uh i did hint towards this we're gonna talk about perspective so um this movie's like very subjective and from the perspective of uh sophie with some limitations and i think aiden you kind of were talking about this i think it's it is subjective, but it's subjective through a lens of memory mm-hmm. 20 so years later. 
right? Yeah. So I think I think this is a movie fully from the perspective of a 20 or no yes. I, she's probably in her 30s. This is a movie fully from the perspective of a 30-year-old looking back at yes. a family vacation. So okay. a lot I think of it's interesting that you say that. Let me keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so um it's so a lot of it is like actually their perspective like POV looking kind of shots and then yeah. so much of it is also like shots that could not possibly be from the character's point of view but yeah. are more about how they felt so like i'm thinking of like at the arcade when the the two elbows touch briefly before separating does yeah. that insert do you remember mm-hmm. and um uh, also a lot of like what the dad is up to when she's not yeah. around there's no way the girl could have right. seen that yeah but like when i think that's water yeah 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 i think that's things that she's imagined or like yes like that's what i think happened so that's how she remembers it or she heard something after the fact like sure yeah did this or like they had a conversation i yeah i really think i think this movie does such a good job of portraying like a fragmented sort of feeling yeah. of the past and like again like like i was saying like just giving like little hints of like it's like she's remembering and trying to figure out who her dad was like yes. that's what this movie feels like all the time and you cut it in with the rave stuff where i think it's like she can't quite see his face all the time and there's all these people around and she has to kind of push them aside not literally but like just to kind of wade through them in order to get to him and i think like that speaks a lot to like if someone died when you were young and that's what i think happened we don't know that that happened but i mm. think he died soon after this trip um i like you kind of forget their face too. Like even if it was like your dad, if you were 30 and your dad died when you were like 13, you would not have a clear picture of his face in your head. And I thought that was like, that was so interesting. And I think, yeah, it really feels like, yeah, it's, it's like the feeling of, it feels like you're remembering back and there's selective things that you're remembering and you're remembering how you felt in the moment. And I, I just think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. Um, there's a bunch of things you said. First, I'll talk about um, how how the character feels about moments. So I think how, how, how Sophie f- feels about a moment is reflected in how the camera does, you know, like the direction of the scene. So I think, I think that's a big thing. Um, so it like, like it's a subjective, right? It's not, objective it's a subjective camera um yeah let's let's talk about that club scene i think you touched on an interesting thing like i think the rave is like i don't know if that actually happened that's it's very likely that this is like this is how it's a reflection of how she remembers her dad someone who's like a hard partier because he's wearing the same shirt as he was on the vacation and like you said you know rave in and out which kind of to what peter was saying i was a little annoyed by because i was like man i wish i could see him better and that's exactly the but point that's what you're supposed, so to, feel. You're supposed to feel yes. that way. <laughs> so so i was annoyed and that's the point and i think it's good that i was annoyed and i'm it's happy the frustration she annoyed. feels yeah yes exactly it's the whole movie is so smartly put together in and trying it's to like get you to feel certain ways she feels kind of like alone and lost because she like can't 
access this like major part of herself and it's this yeah. trust like like that's what i really that's the feeling that was invoked at that club scene really for me is like she feels like she's alone and like struggles to connect and reach out to people and i think you see a lot of that as she's a kid too like the way she looks at people and like she wants to be involved in with these group of teenagers and even when they invite her she can't quite like obviously there's more going on there but it's like this feeling of not quite being with people all the time and i think you can argue like a lot of that comes from her dad like she learned it yeah i don't think that's true necessarily i think because like you have to put into the context of uh her coming of age and this is her going through adolescence you know Mm -hmm. and when kids go through that phase like social becomes like you know like becomes a huge part because they Mm -hmm. look after the self-image a lot more and then you know like obviously socializing they have that aspect as well which is they're more like sort of it's that period where socializing becomes a little more difficult because they look at themselves a lot more right Mm. um i don't think necessarily that's true though because like a lot of times it's just that that what's not true um like you talking about her having like difficulty socializing like in the past i I don't think socializing necessarily i think feeling a connection and feeling like she's present with the people around her and i think you see that i think you see that when she's an adult and with her partner in bed as well i I think that's just because of her reminiscing though like she's like she's in her memory instead of being in the present that's why i think you're both right i'm I'm gonna play both sides so that i always come out on top Mm -hmm. um that's a quote from something if people know it you're awesome uh anyways i think yeah no seinfeld no oh not seinfeld for one it's not seinfeld what do you mean for one what are you talking about i don't quote you love seinfeld bro i love it but i don't quote it very often anyways um yeah i think i think she does have trouble connecting and i also think that's has to do with adolescence but yeah um okay i I, I think i think that part of her is like stalled in that feeling and i think because of her dad like i think that that might be true you know i I think that's what the point is and and also i just want to make one last point about adolescence i feel like a lot of times i feel like she's looking at her dad for sort of like permission to like be involved uh like i remember clearly like about like they were like oh we're going to play pool and then it's like oh we're one short anyway she can join us and then she looks to her dad for permission Mm -hmm. in that scene but again like she's interacting with people a lot older than her so already she would feel out of place because they have no for sure different sense of but i think i think think even with the boy that's her age i think that the, my feeling oh, is that, is that she, yeah. she doesn't okay. even really uh-huh. like the guy that much. Yeah. yeah, She just like, she sees like what these teenagers, what these older kids are doing that they're she kissing wants and to do stuff the like same that. Thing. And well, she sees like, that's uh, what I'm supposed to do. Like, that's what I'm, uh, you know I what like I mean? That. And so yeah. she just goes along with it. But I don't yeah. think she really feels anything with this guy. At that's least from our point. perspective, she doesn't yeah. really feel much. Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. and I, I think that like, yeah sorry alex um so like we can see like from a lot of things like she's looking she's reading books that i think she's not supposed to be reading um and she's looking at you know people doing things that's like above her maturity and her age level and she sort of and that's why like i appreciate the performance so much because like she convinced that childhood naivety so well and like that the sort of like naive but also curious like she wants to try these things 
and then that eventually led to like the kiss in the by the swimming pool and i thought that was just very genuine you know very authentic performance so yeah i like what you said Aiden. and well both of what you're saying very good points i think what you said peter is very true uh, but i like Aiden's point about how maybe that kiss wasn't even something she wanted but was more and there's evidence to back that up because she does have a female partner in the future so Oh. You know, she could be she she could be by you know who knows but um you know there's a chance that maybe she doesn't even like boys and so i think that's a really good point um by the way that boy and... looks like such a douche by the way <laughs> Just give me the poor guy it's an 11 year old <laughs> child why do you are you hating on a kid dude that kid is an asshole it's like one of these chubby looking bully type of character you know <laughs> okay i'm muting peter that's so Bye, mean. Peter. That is mean. Um, so Peter's hating on children now. That's, that's <laughs> the depths to which he's fallen. Um, I'm going to talk about... God, I'm going to talk about something Aiden was just talking about um, a while ago. Uh, she's trying to understand her dad. And that's kind of like yes. the perspective we have. And I feel like the exploration of what he's going through is definitely seen through her eyes. Just always like wondering what happened imagining what happened probably because i think you're right i think he might have died yeah i think when he like there's a we'll talk about it later but the end shot i think it is there's like a hospital hallway no well i guess sort of it kind of looks like it but um it does give very like you know what i think it reminds me of um all that jazz if anyone's seen that one is that like the 1920s 70s no. Oh, so okay, Bob, never mind. Then I'm thinking. It's Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse. Okay. Um. Anyways, there's that one shot where he's yes. like crying and mm. he like turned away from Very us, shy. and I think that's just like, I think that's very much like, um. It, it's saying what this movie is, right? Like yeah. it's here's someone who's deeply upset, but we can't see everything. We we are only getting right. Like exactly. We don't get it, and and the camera's like pulling out away yeah. and that's just that's great I, um, I have two things to say really quick i think yeah. what i also one of the things i love about that shot is like we can see i love that it also focuses on his back because i feel like you can see all the muscles in his back and i don't mean in like a sexual like <laughs> but like oh he's yeah. hot but i mean like um like because he has so much tension in him and you see that mm. in his back like the way his when he's crying like the way his back kind of contorts and it's so like you can just feel how much Very physical how thing, much yeah. tension is within him and then also like to to the point of the final shot i took that as from that point on he was just a memory to her he just yeah. faded into her memory that's what i got from that shot because he goes into like the nightclub um yeah. immediately from that and also i think that it matters that in the nightclub scene like you said he looks exactly like he does hasn't aged when, when we know him. he hasn't aged so 20 maybe years she, she didn't maybe, know him older than that point yeah maybe mm, he's paul rudd that's a good point you know? yeah um also yeah uh, i mean yeah endings on the table for discussion we've kind of like touched on it already so we might as well just like fully go into it but yeah i it's very like death vibes right like Mm -hmm. walking away down a long tunnel through doors that's very death and then like on the other side is the eternal rave 
of yeah. heaven, I guess, you know, like it's, yeah, I, I oh have a good feeling that that's what happened. That's crazy. And then, it's almost like, and then this yeah. memory, this memory movie is like her trying to piece together why, you know? Yeah. And maybe she's going through something in her life for whatever reason, like she's thinking about it. And so she's like, I think she's turning the same age as him. That's oh. what I thought. Yeah. You might be, I think maybe they said something like that and I forgot, but. I think yeah, it is so her she's birthday. probably yeah, yeah, and so she's probably like going through similar things, and so it's you know bringing up memories, and so she's trying to figure out her dad that she didn't really get to know fully. But um, Peter, were you gonna say something? Yeah, you know what? Like you're gonna hate it, but I'm just gonna bring it up. Um, <laughs> Dance club in Purgatory. Um, it's the weekend's latest album. That's what it's about. Dawn FM. But anyways. Oh. that just because okay. you said like internal rave and that just reminds me of that so, anyways keep going i did hate that thank you <laughs> yeah. um uh, I, i'm gonna round out this uh, point on perspective it's there's it's so like meaty like there's so much we can talk about but i love how the idea of and I, I don't know if this is the right word for it but like parasailing or like that hang gliding like yeah it's none of those things but whatever it is whatever the sail yeah. and the motorized flight equipment it's I love how it's just she can't stop thinking about it. And so it's in all of these shots in the background and it's like kind of like faded in to other shots. Like she's looking at it in the pool reflection. And it's yeah. that again, it's like that subjective experience. Like she wants to be she wants to do that so bad. And like that idea of like flying. And she remembers wanting to do. Yeah. 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 And so it pervades the whole thing. Yeah, yeah Peter. Okay. I have something to say about that. Uh, I thank you for bringing that up, by the way. Um, you're welcome. So I, I remember very distinctly in the movie that she said she wants to do that, right? And then her dad is like, oh, yeah, you're not old enough type of thing. No, um, it's, we don't have the money. It was very much like a monetary really? financial thing. Okay. Yeah. He okay, does maybe, also say you're not old enough to, right? Okay. Okay. Because I remember him saying easily could be it's not both old enough. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think it's a very interesting thing that, that kept showing up because like, I think I will connect this back to um, of him asking her to turn off the camera when uh, he asked. Um, I think it started off about uh, as a conversation about birthdays, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, you should make a wish," and then, and then eventually she asked the dad, "What are your dreams?" And then that's when he said, "Sophie, turn the camera off." You know, and I think that's when like he turned serious, mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't really pick this up without this, but like before going to the movie, like there was a very brief synopsis online. It's about Sophie trying to figure out his idealistic father like years after. And then the word idealistic just like hit me like at that moment. It's like, it's that and also in the carpet shop where it's like he rather spend 800 pounds on a carpet instead of trying to, you know, build something out of his life. And then the fact that the, uh, sorry, what is it? Is it gliding or like parrot? I don't know. We're calling it whatever the fuck we want because okay. we don't know. So, so, so like the, the parachute activity kept showing up. That's sort of like one of her dreams. And that the fact that mm-hmm. that kept showing up is almost like reminding the audience that like, like, I think that's like one of the great sadness about the dad character where like you have dreams that you want to realize, but you are such like, you're both, um, financially not built for these dreams and also you're not emotionally built for these dreams because you're idealistic you cannot sort of 
build like a feasible way towards these dreams, your emotion and your financial situation are both holding you back. And I think that's the great sadness of the dad's character. And the fact that, you know, the, the parachute kept showing up, like her dreams sort of give us sort of almost like a parallel to that. Alex, mm. you're, you're saying, you want to yeah. say something? I think, yeah. I think finances and like just financial ability, um, socioeconomic status, like it, it's, it is a big factor in the whole movie because, you know, he, for sure. he, yeah. he wishes, you know, he could do all these experiences for his daughter, but he just can't. And I think when he buys the rug, I think that's a really terrible decision. And I think that speaks to like what he's going through, because yeah, I think yeah, that's like, totally. that's like yeah. such an impulsive decision trying to like feel something like, and I like, feel like the rug, uh-huh. I feel like the rug speaks to him. <laughs> And so he decides like this super expensive thing is worth it and it's going to make him feel something because I feel yeah. like not not a lot does make him feel anything anymore. And and I love the detail that she kept the rug and she has it in her home. I think yeah. that's so great. Yeah. Um, and and also yeah, like the, like him lying on the rug like gives the sense of such like a ethereal almost like, you know, like spiritual experience of him just like I don't know if, whether he's meditating or something, breathing in, breathing out. Like he felt like a real connection to the rug, even though that, as you as you mentioned, like I think purchasing the rug is a, a bad decision for someone like him. Um, like I think because of his worldview, he sort of places like the things that he wants. So like the ideal idealistic things that like he thinks he he can and he he affords before sort of like the real needs in his life. And that's sort of the great tragedy of his character, almost. Yeah. I think he chooses things that will make him feel something over what's important. And so that that's a thing that's throughout the movie, right? Like, so he'll go do something without his daughter, even though he should be with his daughter and looking after her so that he can try and feel something. I think he gets drunk probably, was, but even though we only, never see it. That was only takes, one time though, like, him like his daughter leaving the town uh, he mm. he leaves the talent show or something like when uh, he, he, he leaves the talent show but I, there's a couple of times where she's on her own and he's doing you know who knows what we never see we yeah. i think we see one time him with a beer bottle so if he was getting drunk i kind of like that we never see it um but you know like his thing with the cigarette and um what else just like I forget what I was going to say about this, but like, I don't know. I get the sense that this is someone who's doing. Yeah. Just like trying to make Some him shady stuff in the background. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like trying to feel something. Right. And mm-hmm. that speaks to like the depression he's feeling, but I also feel like Tai Chi that he does in the movie. I feel like that's his coping mechanism. And that like, Maybe. so like, it's not just like a unique character thing, which I love anyways, but I think it actually, reflects like this is something he tries to do to feel like grounded and calm exactly. I do wanna, like that. that's exactly I, what i was gonna say i think yeah. that he's trying to feel grounded like that that was exactly like that i feel like he feels so overwhelmed and it's like i think mm, it's the yeah. same feeling of like when he walks out into the ocean and just yeah, like i do feeling engulfed you, do you by think, it like do you think that scene actually happened or is it out of like no we, is it out of memory or out of imagination we think it's imagination. I think we both kind of, but I think it might have happened. I, I think it doesn't really matter, but because I think it's something that is true to that character either way. 
Yeah. Like, I think it speaks yeah. to his mental state a lot. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Zashar gives you such, like, a desolate feeling of, like, him. Like, I thought he was committing suicide there. I, I also think it gives you, like, a feeling of relief. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like... Really? Yeah, I, that's what I felt as well. Like, there's no, no. a certain, like, <laughs> imagining walking out into the ocean by yourself and just being, like, swallowed by it. Like, there's certain, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I definitely felt the same, like, despair watching it as well. But it's also, like, you get the sense that he's, like, this, such this, like, overwhelmed, like, stressed character with so much tension in him. And just, like, going out and just kind of, like, drifting in the sea for a bit. Like there is yeah. like a sense of relief that comes with that. I I know what you're trying to say, but I have to disagree. I just think it's this is something that's built into film language at this point. Primarily the best example I can think of is one that you've definitely seen. It's the long goodbye. That's how a oh, character yeah, yeah. in that movie kills themselves, and it's shot yeah. very similarly. It's Wide. contextually very different though. That's a very different movie. <sighs> Like, yes, they're very different movies, but the scene is, like, the exact same. Like, you could have switched out the shots and nobody would have known because it's No, but the character... I know the shot is the same, but the characters are so different. The characters are so different. The setup is so different. Like, the the tone of the the movie is so different. Like, I think that... I think that the exact same (laughs) shot in two different movies can mean almost polar opposite things. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the suicide... What I'm calling the suicide fakeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the only time in the movie that I thought he was going to be dead. There's yeah. a, so, really? so this is something that there's a pattern established here. When she drops her snorkeling goggles in the ocean, he uh-huh. the first the first shot of the pair of shots that lead me to this conclusion is him swimming down trying to get the goggles, and it's he does it's kind of like extended, so like it's he has to dive quite a bit and the next shot is of the surface of the water and you wait we linger on it for so long and the expectation just by you know relationship of the two shots is that the next shot that should follow is him rising to the surface and he never rises it's just nothing happens and i literally thought i was like did he die i like 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 checking my watch did he fucking die already like how did this happen (laughs) and then he's alive and i'm like oh that was weird and then there's this shot and i'm like oh now he's dead now he's walking into the ocean i've seen this shot before i know what this means right he's dead now and then he's butt naked on on the bed and he's alive again i think that's on purpose i think this is again like a child remembering and recontextualizing what they saw as a child and being like you know my dad was like he had some issues and he and probably depressed and i think it's just i love how just juxtaposition of shots and no one says anything to give you this impression you have to pick up on it right there's nothing that charlotte wells does to make it super obvious and so i don't know i i think it's super interesting that that happened peter (laughs) <laughs> i'm little like okay i'm a little confused about what you're saying so you think it's a kid recontextualizing what she's saying but i don't think as a kid you would associate these shots with death and suicide no i think i think like it's 30 year old her recontextualizing what she saw as a child 
Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. So like, because remember, this is the movie from the perspective of a 30 year old remembering her vacation. Right. And so she's like, she knows that her dad was depressed. I get the idea that based on what we saw, he possibly ended his own life after the yeah. movie ends. And that like, that's something we don't see. But and then her knowing that is thinking about this vacation and is looking for signs that lead to that conclusion. Mm. Right. Or okay. is thinking about like like that's in her headspace as she's yeah. remembering the vacation, and so she's seeing these things that didn't actually happen or didn't happen that way per se. But yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at, really. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's. We've just kind of gone all over the place, and I love how this conversation has just kind of like evolved into sort of organized chaos. Um, I think we're kind of like in the topic of the dad's depression. So we might as well round yeah. that out. Um, it's pretty clear. And I think we talked about this. He's not happy that it's his birthday. I think it's like a midlife crisis at 30 kind of thing. Yeah, like, it's a good reminder that like, you know, people at his age should be doing certain things, but this is what he has right now, you know? And I think mm-hmm. I, uh, sorry, can I, can I just add a little more to that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, sure. So, and I think, Actually, like Sophie being there is almost like a living reminder of like his failure, almost because like no, I know what you mean. That's kind of a terrible way to put it, but I yeah. do understand what you're saying, and I think you're right in a yeah. weird way. Like, like, like I think especially that like, uh, like, and like now thinking back to it, I think it's you know making it clear that this is like what how I felt about the moment. So I'm referring to the shot where he, she's saying. I'm turning 11, 12. I, I'm yeah. not sure how old she's turning just, to. And just then, turned 11. Uh, and then dad is turning 131 from mm-hmm. 130. And like, this is such a ch- childish and naive way to like convey the message that, you know, we're both aging. But then like for her, it's like, I'm growing up, you know, I'm slowly becoming more mature. But for him, it's like a reminder that, hey, you're 31, look at you you have a kid that you can't take care of, which is, like I mentioned, a living reminder of his failure. And also, so you're, you're over here. Yeah. Like, you, you could be doing all these things, but you're not, you know? Like, this is how I felt about that shot. So I think you're, yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think mm-hmm. the 130 thing is such a kid thing to be like. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you've ever, like, interacted with kids, they're always like, oh, you're so old exactly like like i'm literally like 10 years older than you and you think i'm 100 years older it's so funny and that actually like affects him because he does feel like he's past his prime and he does feel it's just terrible to say it he feels burdened i think by sophie in some ways like he loves sophie but i think he had certain ideas of what his life was gonna be and i don't know if it's entirely that and we can oh, hold see on. that. I, I, I don't think it's entirely that because he does say that I didn't think I was going to make it to 40. So I almost think that in some ways, Sophie is keeping him alive. So like there's this weird kind of like I feel both ways yeah. because I I don't know that he. Yeah, like like he I don't know. I yeah, can I jump in kind of both things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think he feels an immense amount of shame. Like, that was, like, really, really what I picked out from him, is that, like, I think that he's, like, 
I think that he's incredibly ashamed of himself. And I, th- I think that, I think that he, it's again, like what you're talking about, like he feels like he should have done more with his life. I think yeah. that he feels like he should be past the point that he is. I also think that one of the things that I picked up on, one of the things that I really like was that the scene where he cries that we were talking about, mm-hmm. where he his bag is turned, that directly follows um, when Sophie gets everyone on the little outing they're on to sing He's a Jolly Good Fellow to him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like, feel deserving, almost. He doesn't feel deserving. But I also think he doesn't want to be seen because he feel like he feels this mm. immense he feels so much shame and like when you feel like you're nothing and like you haven't done anything and you're worthless like having people see that is like the worst thing and he won't do karaoke for the same reason and I think that that's one of the main points of conflict in this movie where it's like she just wants to reach out and see her dad for who he was but he doesn't want to be seen so mm-hmm. she can't i think no i think you're 100 percent right and i love that in that scene um he's at like the top of this structure like yeah. it's like an amphitheater kind of ruins thing and like he's up on this pedestal and they're saying like he's such a great guy and he doesn't feel that way and mm-hmm. i just love how like and he's isolated in that shot. It's like you said, how they weren't doing that. Well, there yeah. they are. Well, they were and, there, yeah. Yeah. And I just, it's so good. And like how that makes him feel so low. And I and, and the lead up to that scene of her like going around whispering. And at some point you pick up on what she's saying and you're like, oh, I know what's happening. I love this. This is great, right? So I think that's just, that's a fantastic scene. So I I want I have two things to add. Like first, I think that's one of the reason where, like we clearly see, like it's clear in the movie that he loves his daughter, but also he has trouble connecting with his daughter sometimes. A lot of times, in fact, I feel like, where, like it's not just sort of like, annoyed parents' point of view. It's also like, like you're saying these things, but also like these things actually like hurt me. Like even though they're like ch- really childish and naive, like really cute things that kids are saying. Uh, and also, I want to touch on another point of, I think our society has sort of like an expectation of males like role in a family and also like um, sort of like an expectation of uh, to for the males in the society that he's supposed to be the one providing and like supporting the family, but he's not the one that's able to be do that, uh, that's, you know, doing that for his daughter. And I think like that's one of the reasons adding on this sort of like hurting his male pride almost like adding mm-hmm. on to his shame that you guys talked about. I I could see that happening, but I never got the sense that this was a movie about masculinity per se. I think, I don't know. Like I, th- I think that maybe the fact that, you know, in a gender neutral way, the fact that he can't support his family and he feels disconnected from them, I think is enough. I don't think it has to be tied to, what a man specifically is supposed to do or a father. Well, I think, I think there was just, I think it's enough that he's just not on, involved. Yeah. I think there was just more pressure on male in general to sort of fill that role, at least in a stereotypical sense. Um, and I think like, at least like for him, I think like he is sort of like trying to reconcile, like he's trying to figure out what exactly is his role. 
Like, let me put it that way. It's not necessarily like trying to fit him into the male mode. It's like, what is his role in the family? Like, is he supposed to be the one providing for his daughter? Or is he supposed to be the one just living in his own bubble, you know? I think he's also trying to find some sense of self-worth, which I think yeah, is very totally. depleted exactly. of. I think that's like, what I was alluding to. Yeah, I, think I think, like, the, the, the scene where he mentions how when he was a kid and no one, his family didn't know it was his birthday until, like, he told his yes. mom. Yes. Like, yeah. that's, that feeling of, like, not feeling like you were, you had value. In tr- like, I, I see him as a yeah. character that, like, is very much looking for like external validation. And I mm-hmm. think that the more, I think it's also that scene, the Jolly Good Fellow scene is especially heartbreaking because it's like, if you get to a point where even that, even external validation and people like cheering you on and people kind of being there for you, if you get to a point where even that like isn't doing anything for you, it's like, oh shit, where do you go? Like yeah. it, that's a corner. And how do you get out of that? And yeah. I think that that definitely leads to, you know, what you said, like you might have taken his own life. Yeah. I think, um, shoot, what was I thinking of? There was a scene. Oh, when they're talking about um, when he's like, oh, you should go hang out with that kid. Like, go say hi. And she's like, why don't you go say hi? I think that's yeah. that's great. And like kind of plays into that. Like he feels so alone. And I, I don't know about you, but I get the sense that like, he's always on vacation like i don't know what he does yeah day to day and i think they said he's in a different town so i guess that's not what happened but i got the sense like him not going on the airplane like he was maybe just staying in turkey and like he has that discussion with the person who's on the the boat the snorkeling thing and he's seems like he's inquiring like what is what is it like to always be on vacation and to like have this be your job right yeah um there's also there's just, a yep. sorry there's a great scene where he's like him and sophia are talking and it's like oh we're going back i think it's tomorrow it's one of the last days and then yeah she, she says that. sophie right. says to him why can't we just stay here forever and he doesn't answer because he can't come up with an answer like she has to say well we can't stay on vacation forever like it's Sophie oh, she that said, says that. Oh my yeah. god, that's so she's good. not the one that says it. He is silent, and then she's like, "We can't stay here forever." Yeah, yeah, man. This movie. The more I think of it, the more I like it. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's move on to a different point. We've got so many that we haven't covered. I think we're just gonna have to breeze past these. Uh, a lot of this movie is about growing up, and I think it's for both of the characters really, yeah. and the fact that she's growing up and he is kind of stagnant. Um, so we see a lot of things from her perspective, just kind of like, I mean, everyone's experienced this, right? Being a youth and seeing things that, you know, parents would have preferred to like, you know, shield their eyes, but they have to experience it at some point. So she's like seeing, uh, teenage girls talk about, I think jerking a guy off in the, yeah, sorry, in the yeah. bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, so they're talking about it and she's seeing it through the the keyhole of the stall. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. That was so weird. Why is there a key? (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) um, that was cool. Um, She's, you know, like under the water, seeing how the teenage people interact with Mm. each other and and touch each other. Um, uh, Seeing the the hookah. um, What else? I think, I think there was a moment where there's two men kissing. Yeah. But like, it's in a wide shot. So it was really hard to tell, but I think she sees that. 
and she's like reading adult magazines and adult books and then like quickly like switches them out for something else so that her dad doesn't know to be clear she sees two of the boys from the teenage group kissing oh Oh, was it yeah I, one so of them is wearing away, the same I shirt. Tell. Okay. One of them was wearing That's the really same shirt. I was, I was pretty sure of that. Was it the two pool guys? Like the guys playing pool or was it? I don't think him so. And another one. Okay. There's, yeah, there's just one shirt that it's the same shirt as one of the guys I was wearing. I need again. to, I need to go back and watch this movie. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. know, there's so much you can gather from the second watch. I think. Um, speaking about growing up, that child acting, we kind of covered this. Oh yeah. I said I've ever seen. I mean, having seen Black Adam two weeks ago, <laughs> the, the polar opposite. Um, so natural. The vlogging moments are so like inspired and mm-hmm. accurate. Like that's what a kid does with a camera. I'm sure yeah. everyone could look back yeah. at their own videos and be like, "Oh, that's cringe," but yeah. <laughs> man, I loved it. Um, it also explores family vacations, which I think is. That's such like an interesting topic for yeah. me and I would want to explore that more in probably my own work eventually, but just like the melancholy of it yes. all yeah, and how like the mix of like fun and depress- depressing nature of it, like how it's that mix and I just think it's super accurate. And that feeling of like, like you're like oh this would almost be better if i wasn't here with my parents and it's like this mm, yeah yeah like yeah and uh, yeah it's this feeling like you kind of feel alone it's yeah it's it's a strange thing. yes yeah yeah um and there's so many great moments that are relatable like the go talk to the moment i swear to god that's happened to me before you know at the poolside um bus trips out to like a more rural part to see something um you know having the camera because usually you wouldn't have a camera and so playing with the camera is a big thing eating out at restaurants like every dinner and the family photo where he like puts the bunny ears uh and those wristbands the all-inclusive wristbands there's just so much like encoded in the movie about family vacations i love it um yeah what else should we talk about how about the karaoke the karaoke scene how do you guys feel love that song that's I had a particular um connection to that because that was a song that my parents always used to play in the car on road trips, so that was like a particular and that that was a that was an interesting scene for me. That's a really sad song, so yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting choice for yeah. road tripping. But um, I loved how it's like, like it's not something she picked, and so she ends up singing it anyways. But how depressing the song is, and like no wonder the dad who isn't feeling so great doesn't want to sing that song because yeah. he, he would fully break down i think if he tried yeah. to get on that stage and sing losing my religion i don't think we said what it was losing oh, my yeah. religion rem um and i lo- also like that the kid isn't great at singing i think that's yeah awesome and no one's like mean or anything um it it, re- but- it, remi- it reminded me a lot for whatever reason of napoleon dynamite and his <laughs> dance scene just because like the black background kind of wide shot on it someone who's not super great at what they're doing but it's you love it anyways i I also liked how it's like more and more towards the end like when she realizes like her dad really isn't going to come down and sing it with her like she's just looking at the screen like she kind of stops 
You know what I mean? Like, it's like, she doesn't want to do oh, it anymore. Like, you're kind of locked in and you're just like, we, I think it even, it finally cuts to an insert of the screen. Yeah, and it's like, no, we're right. finally oh, just focusing on like, and she's just saying delirious, she's just getting it done. Like, that's what you do when you're on stage and like, you don't want to be there anymore. And it's just like, yeah. You've, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Damn. Um, I think, that, okay, so that scene is great. And then obviously the scene of the movie, the, the ultimate scene is the under pressure dance scene. This is like, I want to say the climax. Like this is like the most mm-hmm. emotional moment that was close to getting me. Um, I have, I have a couple thoughts about this. So first of all, the song I was mixed between being like, this is great. And I like what they're doing with it. And it's making me feel things. And it was also so on the nose, just this mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's under pressure. That's why we chose the song. Like <laughs> couldn't think of anything else. Um, it's very like, you know, top charts kind of like, well, that was an easy pick, you know, how is he feeling right now? Sad, but happy under pressure by queen like pretty easy pick but i mean what they did with it was great i loved the intercutting of the similar moments again with the wraith i couldn't tell what was going on but we kind of discussed like that's okay yeah Um, well we see that like they kind of she kind of gets close to him finally at the rave and then but he kind of like falls back into the ground i thought she pushed him yeah oh i didn't see i didn't see a push but i like for whatever, in whatever way, like he is, like he kind of falls away from her. Yeah. And I think like, I do think the point of that is supposed to be like, when, and then it cuts to the, like back in the memory where he's like hugging her as they're dancing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is supposed to be like, that is like the last time that ever, they ever had something like that. Like the more I'm talking about the movie, I'm like, yeah, he definitely died. Like soon after. Yeah. Yeah. And I think do they hug in the rave scene as well? I feel like there was a they were cutting between oh, hugging yeah. in the rave and hugging yeah. in the yeah. And I I almost wonder if it was the sound mixing cuz like they mix the sa- the song really strangely. So yeah. like they remove a bunch of layers of the song and it's mm-hmm. just the dialogue of the song like being sung. Um and I couldn't tell if I liked that or if if they had brought up like the bass and like the melody of it like i would have been more connected i don't know counterpoint i I like how i have my own points and counterpoints (laughs) but um to counter my own opinion um i almost wonder if charlotte wells didn't want to give catharsis to the movie because i never felt that moment where you know our compatriot was crying but we didn't feel that like release moment and i Right. almost wonder if that was on purpose because just hold it man because you the in. character sophie never gets that release mm-hmm. right and so i almost wonder if removing the layers from the song is trying to lessen the emotion from it in a way so that you are kind of left feeling like a little empty if that makes sense yeah i think you are supposed to be like i definitely felt like built up and then it doesn't release the it doesn't release the pressure exactly yeah. Pressure. yeah and yeah I, think that, I do think it's uh i do think it's intentional i think it's great i love that um 
the close-up of him in the rave. Like, that's the first time we clearly see his face. Yeah. And that and the music should have done something. And I feel like they they made it so that it wasn't on purpose, mm-hmm. you know? Like it, you know, if you think classic filmmaking, it would have been close-up of him, close-up of her, you know, expressing emotions, something. And, then and I just kiss. feel like... <laughs> No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. What are you talking it's about? It's a joke. Dude, dude, classic cinema. What yeah, the you said the classic time? cinema. Oh my god. Okay, it's not meant that way. Oh my god, you're twisting my words, man. We're using the same words you were using. Peter's canceled. Peter's off the pod. Um, oh my god. Anyways, I think that's that's kind of wrapping up. We were gonna talk about like narrative, but I feel like I I've talked about, about everything. That. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. So, last question for the movie. This versus Tar. So, like I said, uh, when I finished the movie, I... You can't compare the two, man. I am going to. I said, this was better than Tar. So, making it my favorite movie of 2022. Now, I've gone back and forth on how I feel about this. I was listening to another podcast this morning talking about Tar, and I was reminded about how smart and complex it is that being said i still think this one's better i you know what i've gone back and forth and this pod has like talking about it has solidified my opinion i think this one you know less is going on but less is more i think the auteur filmmaking and the complex way charlotte wells tries to like make you feel and I mean, the runtime is nice for this one. Like, it's short <laughs> and sweet, and it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. I And it's a five out of five for me. I think I think I like this better than Tar. I think this is my top of 2022. What do you guys think? I think they're very, very different movies. Uh, going Obviously, for very yes. different... Going for very <laughs> yeah. different things. Like, I think yes. that in After Sun, you're very much... It's a very, like, visceral and emotional experience, whereas I think Tar mm-hmm. is maybe a little bit more intellectual um, absolutely yes although yeah i mean that's you know it, things are multiple things at once but uh yeah. yeah i think that like i think i've thought about this movie more than tar i mean i know that I've, i just saw it but i mean to say like when i saw tar and then we talked about it on the pod it was like i don't think i thought about it too much between those two points even though it was okay. a similar timeline like Saturday night we watch it. Sunday morning we Sunday afternoon we record the pod. Right. Yeah. I think that it's funny because when I saw After Sun in theaters, it was like I don't think it affected me as much. But like as I like I at some point during this pod now almost felt like crying, like remembering and recounting yeah. some of the things that I was describing. Whoa. Dude, that's meta. Yeah. That's Dude, so meta. Yeah. That's metacritic. So, and I think Whoa. that like it's very good and in the more it's percolated in my mind i think i might also i think i might agree with you i think i might be a team after stone on this i guys i turned him i brought him over peter what do you think you have obviously the weirdest opinion actually didn't like either of the movies very much (laughs) yeah yeah i have a question for you did our talking about it make you like the movie more retrospectively I think for sure. Like I appreciate 
like some of the things that it's doing a lot more and then now that just you know the, just I've, your tone of voice right now says I, so much more than your words like you're so tired it's not even I'm, like we're recording in no, the afternoon dude, I'm not, I'm like not, it's I'm not, not even I'm late not. relax 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 um i think i think yes i think this and tar it's like i feel like tar is just like i'm always stuck in a sense of confusion it's like um i think i know what's going on but i'm not 100 percent certain and i hate that um but like with this, but movie, you like think- Nolan movies? Sorry, no, never mind. Sorry, but for Nolan, I love like slowly di- dissecting it, like as the movie going Aiden. on, and I'm finding out more things to like refine that speculation of what's going on. But anyway, like Nolan, Nolan's a different beast. Uh, I'm not going to touch on it. Um, mm. But like this between Tar, I think. Again, like I don't think you should be comparing the two. Like I think Tar's well, I'm making you, so do <laughs> Okay, uh, Tar's like the, I think like sonically, like uh, Tar's done some amazing thing with sound, and I really love Tar's cinematography as well. I think Tar's produced some of my favorite shots in twenty twenty two, probably. Um, and um, I think the the plot and was trying to convey, like one, it's much more complex and like much more um like uh, the scale is a lot larger i guess is what i'm trying to say and then while after sun is very deep intimate uh just the story of two people like i feel criminal comparing the two because i think they they excel in their own regards it's okay but you're going o- to jail anyways over- based on what you've said in this podcast but yeah. <laughs> continue <laughs> over overall i think tar excels more because i'd really appreciate the sound design and the cinematography mm-hmm. of tar more than this movie like for this movie like i appreciate some of the new things that it does like it's not just the shots that you you look and it's like this shot is so pretty like like tar but this movie is trying to do something unique where it's like the reflection shots it's like these shots are unique i don't necessarily <laughs> like these shots but i can i can see what you're trying to do and i think this is something that like you know i don't like i encourage uh, filmmakers improving, uh, sorry, not improving, innovating on on existing things. Like Tar is just almost treading like uh, familiar ground with some shots. But this movie, I'm seeing a lot of fresh new takes on some of the shots and how the way how how they're done. So, I think I think that's a very good point, and that speaks to what I was saying earlier about how this is more auteur, and it, you know it's terrible to say more auteur, and yeah. you know, but. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. I think for me, like what it boils down to is one, like Aiden said, one is intellectual, and the other one is an emotional experience. Like I'm still like, do you feeling really compare these two, man. Like they are again, and I will regards. <laughs> I'm still feeling and reeling from having seen After Sun, yeah. whereas Tar, you know, I was captured. I love both movies; they're both very good, but I think. After Sun has stuck with me more for, you know, whatever reason. Well, yeah. we've talked about all of them, but anyways. Um, yeah, I think it's my favorite of 2022. But uh, I'm still waiting. I don't have a favorite of 2022 yet. And I don't want to settle for, like, Triangle of Sadness or 3,000 years of longing, you know? or uh, Those two are your favorites? Yeah, How are those I'm looking two over my favorite? letterbox right now, and like, not a lot There's of great st- films came out in 2022. 
Dude, you're capping. There's so many good ones. Everything, everywhere, I, all at once. No, oh yeah. I, said I was gonna say I, like, I know four are, movies, yeah. four movies for sure that are my top four. I don't know what order, but I know for sure my the top list. four. Right now. Pull out the list. My my top four right now is very easily, I think, without hesitation, Tar, After Sun, Pearl, and Everything Everywhere. Those Man, are my I top four seen, for this movie. I wish I had seen Pearl. I I actually I, don't think you would have liked Pearl as much as me. Sorry, it was that loud. It was a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you would have liked it as much as me, but I, I think it's still very, very good. Some of the other ones I have on my list. Um, the Batman, I really enjoyed. Oh, fuck. Uh, that was a <laughs> yeah. Mar- Marcel the Shell with shoes on, I really liked. After Yang. Um, Top Gun is probably a little too high on that list for me. Um, nope. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah. And all of those are much higher than Triangle of Sadness. So, um, anyways, Aiden, I think yeah. So I think uh, we have a little segment we do. I don't know if you guys know, but the pre- the podcast is called Predator versus Movies, and we've done the movies part. Now it's time to get into the Predator. Would the Predator from the movie Predator improve upon this movie? Let's say it together. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could but not what think could of a he single. Be? Yeah, I, at the rave, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Something. whenever we don't know where to fit him, we're always just like, uh yeah, he could just like be in the background or something." Like we just yeah. say that he could have been doing one of the activities, like playing, we when we don't have an idea. Predator, the movie playing on the TV. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, the other. That's the other excuse we always. That's the other out we always have. Yeah. <laughs> when we don't know where to put him. Yeah, like, I think literally no. like the rave, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To stay away from this perfect movie, Predator. Um, well, that was one. Peter, do we have uh, another segment that's gotten a new name, perhaps? Oh, my God. So, oh, I yeah. uh, just to make the record clear, <laughs> somehow you guys voted for this name. I think it's a terrible name. Juan, the host, like it. I'm not going to name who. Uh, but our new segment, oh, sorry, our existing segment now has a new name. Rebranded. Rex is no longer called Rex. We're calling it Predator's Picks. Predator's Picks. That's a fantastic Picks. name. That was my idea. Basically, we had a Twitter poll that no one responded to except people who have been on the pod. <laughs> yeah. It was very, like, it was jury just me, Sasha, kind of... and Peter. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was two votes for Predator's Picks and Peter's one pick for the one he, his idea, Diamonds or Dust. Um, I don't even is, think that's a great title. I just think Paris It's a terrible Paris. title. <laughs> it's like Heather's Picks. It's like the Indigo thing. It's so funny. Anyways, sure. so Predator's Picks. Peter, what is it about? Uh, so we have some Rex or anti-Rex of things we've seen in the past. <laughs> Basically, cool. we're recommending or not recommending, just in case you don't know what Rex means. Um. Okay, oh, yeah. so yes um let's get on with it peter do you have any predators picks okay dude i hate to wreck this one more time but i have to like um so friday night um was it friday night yeah it was friday night yeah it was friday Friday night um i was like alex i don't know what to watch uh i have three options for you i i can finish house of the dragon i can watch two episodes of endor i missed or I can watch All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, okay, Alex, never mind. I thought you were Alex snapped to uh, Endor so fast, I couldn't even react. So I was like, okay, fair. I'll watch Endor. Now, I was like, okay, 
I'll just watch one episode and then we'll see how it goes. But that, these two episodes, the two latest ones, hooked me so quickly. I finished yep. these two just like in a snap. Like, I'm, I'm just shocked by how, like, when you add politics and stakes into Star Wars and how captivating that can be, you know? Um, and Ender's doing that. I want to see more of that. Disney, please. You know, like, I... we'll literally gobble that shit up. Dude, the know? final you... line of the most recent episode. Okay, okay. So everyone's seen oh it. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. so spoiler yeah. warning for Andor, Aiden. Yeah, dude, like... Thank you. Okay, we couldn't yeah. have done it. So, like, skip yeah. ahead 30 seconds if you don't want spoilers, but, guys, that final line... Oh, yeah. There's... What was it? Like, there's only... Never more than 12. 12. Oh, you... Yeah. No, no, you you can't leave. If you escape the prison, you're moved to a different group. You never actually leave the prison. There's no release. And there's only 12 guards. The, like, the 12 guards thing yeah. was just Andy Circus being like, okay, I'm I'm on board. But yeah. like Andy oh, Circus is acting in that scene in like the whole oh, yeah. episode. I was like, oh my yeah. dude. By what? the way, like Why I'm just we pe- so shocked that they're able to get so many A-listers for that show. Because that show had very limited marketing. And yeah. dude, the fact that you're able to get Andy Circus, Saul Guerrero, which is Horace Whitaker, and then uh fucking Stalin Skarsgard, right? Stalin Skarsgard, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and also Cassian Endor, obviously. Diego uh, which Luna. is Diego Luna. Like, so many A-list, and you have zero marketing efforts for them. Like, <laughs> come the fuck on. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. But, like, why do they keep putting so many layers of CGI on Andy Circus? He's so Did good. Yeah. He looks so young. Like In general, like, Peter, Gollum, Snoke. Oh, right, right. Like, you're talking about, like, his raw performance. Planet right, of the right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, see, yep. I see. Like, this movie, and, I, and I'll mention it, but, like, I just rewatched Black Panther, where he's you know, a small character claw. He's such a good actor. I don't know yeah. why he isn't around more or talked about more. I'm man in Andor. He was God tier. So good. Oh, yeah. Hey, but um, the guy's into directing now. <laughs> yeah, he is. And directing shitty movies. <laughs> yeah. Maybe stick to the acting. Anyways, Peter, do you have any other, uh, Rex? Um, or predators. Have... Fuck. <laughs> I've also seen Black Panther. Now, I don't hate... Uh, sorry, Black Adam. I didn't yeah. hate it as much as uh, Alex. I think it has some good aspects, but, like, DC, please, just, like, either, like, respect other like other movies that in your own universe, so, like, keep it consistent, or just say fuck it and just do, like, small individual projects. Like, um, like we were talking about how Black Adam was supposedly released the Seven Deadly Sins. Did not happen. Yeah, <laughs> in no, no, the Black no. Adam movie. For, for context, that's yeah. something they say in Shazam. Shazam, the first yeah. movie. Um, they say Black Adam was a bad guy. He was the first guy with your powers, yeah. and he released the seven deadly sins. Yeah, a thing that did not happen or get mentioned <laughs> in Black Adam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very um, funny. I just think like I don't like again like I root for DC universe because DC has a lot of characters I love, and. Like, um, I really hope that they're, they're successful, but Black, if you think Black Adam is, like, the turning point, it's, I think it's too early to call, like, at, at this point. Um, and I don't think it's doing that great in box office. Usually a movie of bad. that budget needs yeah. to make at least twice, even three times of its budget to actually be considered profitable. And Black Adam so far has made its budget back. So... I don't even know like how like 
how invested the studio is uh, for DC going forward. So I know, I know so far team. on Twitter, I saw that it's being beat out by Black Widow, a yeah. movie that did not have a theatrical release. That is embarrassing. Yeah. And Black and Widow, Brothers. honestly, like I think Black Widow is the worst movie compared to this. I, I this might be a hot take, but like I think I did not like Black Widow at all. This movie, at least I, I didn't. It. I didn't Black like Widow either. Wasn't great. I didn't like either, but I almost would pick Black Widow over Black Adam. They both have black in the title. That's funny. <laughs> Only because the cast is actually charismatic in Black Widow. Oh yeah. For one, you get you know Florence freaking Pugh in that movie. Like, Hello. I don't know. I feel like it. I need to give it. <laughs> I feel like I need to give it another chance. But like Black Adam, I hate so much. And I guess, okay, to be to be fair, they both lean into the superhero cliches. You know, yeah. Black Adam has Sky Beam and faceless villains. Black Widow has thing. Black Adam to is Earth. Sky Beam. I there's a sky that. beam in it. Really? There's a sky yeah, beam. There's a yeah. sky beam in it. And Black Widow's is giant thing crashing to Earth. So it's it's quite funny how they both you know do these tropey things, but I don't know. I don't. Like and also, okay, and this I'll drop another controversial take. Not not that there <laughs> isn't enough for this episode already. I think it beats out both Marvel Phase Four movie that got released recently, Thor and uh, Doctor Strange. I think it's better than both of them. Well, Doctor Black Strange Adam. is fire, so you're definitely wrong there. I haven't seen Black Adam. But Madness is fire. You know what? I do have it ranked. Let me check. Let me check where I ranked it. But I have a feeling that I ranked Multiverse higher. Yeah, I did. Because Black Adam is so safe and generic. Yeah, like, I think it's very, like, it's like, if you turn your mind off, it's a very enjoyable film. That's not a good thing. You shouldn't turn your fucking mind off. So yeah, at like, least, okay, at least Sam Raimi directed. There okay, are let me let me finish. Types of movies. Let me finish. Okay. Sam Raimi One actually. Type, you turn your mind on, and you... Sam Raimi actually directed Multiverse of Madness, whereas Black Adam looks like it was directed by a computer, right? Like, the, like Raimi has something to say, and there's actually some heart beneath the Illuminati bullshit cameo stuff, right? And Aiden, I think Aiden can agree. He hasn't yeah. seen Black Adam, but Black Adam is so corporate and stupid. Like, well, I've only seen, I've seen the one clip on Twitter where it's like 14 cuts in 10 seconds or whatever. And it's like, and yeah, like Multiverse of Madness is well-directed. Like, yeah. it's a well-directed movie. It's like fun in the way it is directed. I will never defend the script of that movie. There's a bunch of things in that movie I'll never either. defend. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's well-directed. And that's, no, hey, uh, I haven't seen Black Adam. And, and there's a good villain. Again, okay, dude, this is Harley just Witch. my opinion, but I think Black Adam is way more satisfying of a watch than and any of these two Marvel movies I've listed. So. That is a controversial take. Yeah. 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 And like I said, every opinion is valid, but yours is always <laughs> cap. So um, anything else you have to wreck? Or is that all you saw this week? Uh, I'm going to watch... Hot D this week, and uh, I'll come back. Most likely, will be on my rec session of the next week. <laughs> okay. It's surprising that you got so far behind on that one. That seemed like your thing. Yeah, Is it because I you just... didn't like it very much. No, I started watching way more movies. That's why. Because like oh, okay, for sure. the past couple of weeks, at least I went to the theater at least twice, if not more. So fair. I don't know. I just I still didn't, don't didn't love it, but I, I finished it. I stuck through. Anyways, uh, Aiden, what do you have for Predator? 
Uh, there's picks. Yeah, the first thing I'm going to plug is uh, a friend of both Alex and I's oh, dropped, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. dropped an EP uh, that is out he on sure Spotify. Did. He sure did. And it's it's very cool. It's called Distort. Uh, it's under the name Walrus Backpack. Uh, really so go check that out. It's a it's a cool, really cool little album. Um, How would you describe the genre? Like, I, I couldn't even, I don't know what I would call I it. I don't know either. He's kind of like, we have like these very distorted vocals uh and like it's kind of like maybe like emo emo rock sort of grunge but like also a little like Like kind of not electronic but like no i was thinking the same thing yeah yeah yeah. electronic adjacent kind of like yeah i yeah i'll jump on that one i was very impressed yeah. You know, like I I never heard his music before. I I mean, you probably have. He has scored multiple of the movies I've worked on, so it's. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So like I've I've never heard anything he's done, and I was like, I was blown away. It's like some of the like the musical riffs and like that's like that's something I would put on a playlist with um, Radiohead, yeah. like some of their. Like um oh fuck what's what's the album called after like their creep era like when they started doing the more electronic stuff is is um, OK Computer Radiohead or is that a different band? yeah that's the one that's okay, the one yeah. it was it was OK Computer was what I was thinking of that one okay. and um the Benz like that era that's what it, it they're not the same but like the vibe was similar so if you like those things. Um, I would I would recommend that as well. Yeah. yeah. Anything else for, also, for yourself? I don't, have I talked about Drain Gang on the podcast at all? You might have. That sounds familiar. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, I've just I've been listening to more Drain Gang, Blade and Echo Two K. Good stuff. Like it a lot. <laughs> um, I've been listening to more and more Death Grips recently, specifically the albums Bottomless Pit and The Money Store, and uh, a lot of good, a lot of good songs in those albums. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any movies or TV shows you've seen? No, I rewatched Barbarian, and I have like the same take. Like my take hasn't changed at all on it. So yeah, I, w- I watched that with my parents, and yeah, it's a good movie, pretty good. Uh, okay, my Predators picks. Uh, I yeah, I already second Andor. Those last two episodes are probably my favorite of the show so far. Mm-hmm. I think the prison episode series has been like mini arc. I'd, I'd call it has been yeah. my favorite. Um, I watched, okay, here's my controversial take, my predator hot take of the show. Um, the new all quiet on the Western front, I would go as far to say is terrible. Really? Now on letterboxd, it has Peter, you're muted and I didn't do it this time. You have self muted, uh, and I cannot unmute you. Yeah. Um, I will get so, back to you on that one. Cause I'm seeing okay. it this week. Okay. So, so. So it's got a four on Letterboxd. So I was going into this and I've heard great things from like when it premiered at TIFF, I believe. So like I had every reason. Oh, and I had seen the original, I think two days before, like it was fairly close and I didn't love the original. I thought it was pretty slow and I didn't love the acting and the script in that one. So this one had every reason to be better for me and for me to like it more. And it was it's it's terrible it's not good really um it's overproduced 
it's there's just so much going on and not like in the good way that the sound design was in the original like they they like this the colors are oversaturated they add these stupid storylines where um daniel no spoiler is daniel no it's not a spoiler it's just what happens daniel brule is like a german social democrat and he's trying to get a peace treaty signed and so like there's a subplot of him trying to sign a treaty with the french generals or whatever um and there's a subplot with uh like a caricature of a character um like a german general who just loves war and i was just like this is so fucking stupid is and... it is it also world war one in this one or is it yeah no yeah, like it's the same I, it's okay. based on the book yeah no, on I've, I've seen the original movie but i just want to know if they did you can change the war in adaptation if you wanted to okay i suppose yes um and yeah like the whole point of the book like it, it feels like they just completely misunderstand what the book is about and the point of the book like the you know the characters are supposed to be like you know the generals are bad and they don't care about us and then here's this subplot where you know the social democrat cares about the soldiers immensely right um the the one thing that this movie does better is obviously the action just because they're able to right they have the technology to have done more impressive things with the battle scenes but it it's so contradictory to like what the story is supposed to be about like it's supposed to be an anti-war movie and every war scene is like glamorized and glorified like like a john wick kind of like yeah. it's super action heavy like it doesn't feel like it knows what it's supposed to be also like the title of the book is it's called that for a particular reason that has to do with the ending so i won't talk about it but the ending is completely different and is a complete misunderstanding of what the whole book is about i hated it i hated this movie i settled into like just apathy for the whole thing the character work is no better than it was in the original so i don't give a shit about the characters and it's just stupid i hated it i don't know why people like this it's dumb um so that's my anti-rec you Sorry, have a two and a half really... stars though that's that's fairly high for what you're describing <laughs> i i could have given it a two i think um just like and like having just seen like when i just saw it i was like that could be like about the same score as the original but the more i've thought about it the more i've realized how just antithetical like it is and like yeah. like they really did not know what they're talking about Anyways. That's interesting. I I'm kind of curious to watch now because I unlike you quite like the original. So I wonder, I wonder how I'm gonna feel about it. Yeah, he couldn't take the. You'll hate it. He just stepped out of the room. <laughs> no, no, no. I had, to let, I had to. I had to let my dog out. Um. Anyway, so that's that was my anti rec. Um. I like I mentioned earlier, I rewatched Black Panther in anticipation of what we're gonna do next week for the pod. Uh, confirmed. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're gonna do it. Ooh. Um. And this was a movie that I've seen twice, I want to say, once in theaters in 2018. And I believe I did rewatch it last year, about like February, probably. And watching it then, and like probably on like a small screen, I wasn't like blown away by it. So this was like a good rewatch to like think about like how I feel about it. Black Panther 1 or 2018 is, it's two movies squished into one. There's the movie that the auteur filmmaker Ryan Coogler made, where there's there's some like fantastic scenes that are some of the best in the mcu in terms of how they're filmed and just like like what they're talking about so the scenes in oakland um there's this scene in 
like the whole uh, Korea sequence is very well done with the casino and the, the casino, which is very Skyfall uh, mm-hmm. reminiscent. Um, the following interrogation of Claw is very good. The stuff with um, the museum in the first act. What else? Um, and some of the stuff with um, Michael B. Jordan's character are really good. And then there's the movie made by the hired gun, Ryan Coogler, who is just, you know, doing Marvel's bidding. And it's it's pretty terrible. It's some of the worst stuff. Um, now, everyone, you know, everyone knows about the third act is god awful. And I, you know, I haven't changed my stance on that. It's a CGI clusterfuck. Um, the battle, and I was talking to Aiden about this, and you're completely right. It's not just how it's filmed and the CGI. The writing isn't very interesting either. Yeah. Like, you know, the Jabari come back, spoiler alert, after they said that they weren't going to help. And it's like, no fucking shit. Like, if you've seen any action movie, you know that's going to happen. The war rhinos are so stupid. Um, the fight scene between the, you know, Killmonger and Black Panther just it's is bad. devoid of, it's devoid of any emotion or catharsis. Um, the whole and like I was saying, it's it. conceptually bad. Like, the yeah, concept, yeah. yeah. This, the stuff with Everett Ross, I, I actually liked the idea of including Everett Ross's character, like the white character. Uh, to you know, have this contrast into like kind of this back and forth, um, and but then like what he's meant to do, like he's piloting a ship, it's just so fucking stupid in the third act. Um, but anyways, like I said, you know, everyone knows about that, but like even before then, there's parts of Black Panther in Act One and Act Two that I'm not that I wasn't sold on. Um, so the waterfall fight scenes something's just like slightly off for me in the filmmaking most of the time where I just feel like maybe Kugler was like unsure of how to film with CGI. Cause like it's, a, it was a physical set, but then, you know, the waterfall is CGI and then like the extended rock face above is CGI. And I just like, not every shot worked for me. Um, Yeah. So, so it's a mixed bag, um, but it's so weird to me that like some of my favorite moments in the MCU are in a movie that also has so many terrible moments. It is, it is like a mixed bag is the best way I can describe it. Um, but you know, I, I appreciate what it stands for. And I, so all this being said, I think I'm all the more excited for Wakanda forever, just because I know that Kugler has taken this criticism and is going to improve upon that, hopefully. And I think this movie might pack up more of an emotional punch. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Also, the whole like Killmonger plot is kind of stupid. Like he's just like, "Hey, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill everyone. We're just gonna take over and kill people to do it." It's like the Black Adam like stance, like I kill people kind of well, thing, like. It's not a good standpoint. Like I don't, I never agreed with his opinion, which oh, is really? the hallmark. That's the hallmark of a good villain. Is well, you're like, yeah, they're right. I no, Killmonger I is see him, pretty clearly wrong. No, I Sorry. see him as like ideologically. I see him as the case of like, there's a movie where there's like a leftist character who expresses leftist perspectives, but then he like kills a baby, and so he's a bad guy. And it's yeah. like, that's why, and I see him as that, where it's like, ideologically, he's correct 100%, but like, they just made him, 
like randomly murderous so that like yeah no i think he's a bad I think, guy yeah i think that's what that's kind of what i'm getting at is that his idea is wakanda should be sharing their resources that is the correct standpoint yes you're right and then he's a murderer who wants to not not actually share the resources but like to share it with militias and to overthrow governments and it sounds like just kill people like i'm no fan of like the government either but i could never actually get on his opinion or like you know understand his moral standpoint so i think you're right i think it's like you know they're writing it and then they're they look at the page and like damn he's right how do i how do i fix this oh kills baby you know like (laughs) girlfriend yeah (laughs) kills other guy just a murderer and then you're like well of course now like of course he's wrong yeah so i didn't i didn't like it for those reasons but i mean you know michael michael b jordan tries his best with what he's given but yeah so we'll see we'll see about the next one i hope it's good i hope i like it more um i guess the only other thing uh that you know wasn't because i also was going to promote distort uh but i think you know we've we've covered that um go check it out cabinet of curiosities i watched i i don't like horror very much but i started watching the guillermo del toro series on netflix um cabinet of curiosities and the first episode is garbage i don't know why they made it first like it makes no sense to me why they put that episode for first because it's it's so bad tim tim blake nelson stars and it's like he's like a racist and I don't watch a lot of Tim Blake Nelson, but like I was, n- I didn't think the acting was great. That might be. Oh really? really? I like him a lot. So I don't know. I wait. Is I he like, the? What? Is he the mirror guy in Watchmen? He is. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. But like I, in, I was actor. yeah no I I watched it and I was like this is kind of stupid. Um, the second one I I liked a lot more Graveyard Rats. Um, so I don't I don't know why they ordered it in that order and I've. I, I, you know, I, I looked up a ranking of the episodes and lot 36 episode one is like seventh of eight. Like it's one of the worst. Mm. And there's some other ones that I've heard great things about. So I'm going to stick it through. I'm going to probably skip over some of the worst ones just because like, why would I bother? They're self-contained um, anyways. So. There, yes. Yes. There's no, there's no connective tissue. So I might as well just like watch the ones I want to. So yeah. um, I'll hold out on that. Um, you know, the production um i think i forgot to say this about all quiet on the western front but all quiet is very much like a netflix original mm. in like in the worst ways possible yeah that's not a good thing. so there's there's a little bit of that in cabinet of curiosities like if you ever watched a thing and you weren't told who it was made by if you showed me a netflix original and you didn't tell me like i would know a hundred percent yeah and within five seconds like it's they have such a i don't even know how to describe it like a look like they have yeah. a com- an in-house company look like things have to look a particular way. And it's, I don't like it. I don't like that. No. The, all the series look exactly the same umbrella Academy, Queens Gambit, just off the top of my head. Like all of the production designs are so similar and not yeah. good, not in a good way. Um, so yeah, that's my predators picks. Mostly just like my <laughs> picks. That's how it often goes. <laughs> we just don't like the things that we yeah. yeah, I mean, but isn't that fun? Uh, yeah. So next week, we're, we're going to do Wakanda Forever. Uh, Peter, do we have something to plug? Oh, my God. Are you ready for this? So, 
we just change our handles. Now they're the same. Uh, yeah. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Predator V Movies. Uh, so they're finally the same. Sorry for the confusion. Uh, yeah. And, and I'll give it to Alex. He has something to plug yeah, in. Yeah, so follow me on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. All right, reviews for movies. And sometimes they're funny. More often than not, um, they're passionate and overlong, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how you get some more opinions from me on film other than just this. Aiden? Uh, also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm 810sunny. That's 810. Sunny is in like son of a son of a person, not the thing in son the sky. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Whoa. Uh, whoa. <laughs> um, I don't write long impassioned reviews. I write silly little like two line reviews often. Um, like yeah, think like Black me. Adam, like the one liners in Black Adam. Like that's what he writes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them the black. Wait, wait, wait what's, the, what's the catchphrase? Tell them the black. The, the, the Tell them the man in black sent you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. by the way, that thing absolutely hated. A lot of things in the movie I can defend that I absolutely cannot. <laughs> I can't believe you're defending Black Adam of all movies. Anyways, uh, Aiden, what should our audience members do? Oh, they should definitely like leave a review. Definitely. For sure. That is absolutely what you should be doing right now. And it should be five can, stars. How can they do that? I don't know. On Spotify. Wherever, wherever you're listening. Okay. Yeah, wherever on, you're listening on, to, your, to, your... to this podcast, leave a review right fucking now. Yeah. Do it. You have to. And make it good. Please. Yeah. Um, and why do we do it? Why do they have to do it? What does that do for us? Because that, that boosts us? our analytics and helps us grow. And uh, yep. It's the algorithm. Algorithm. The al- yeah, that's the one. <laughs> rhythm. That's how yeah. he knows what people like and what things are similar. So if you want more people to listen, which would be very nice, then leave a like, please. It's super easy. Spotify, you can literally just leave just leave a star review. It's so easy. You just click on the star rating thing. You leave a star rating. You don't even have to craft a, a passionate letter of joy, uh, of the joy we've brought to your life. Um, I don't know about other platforms, but um, you can also do that. Write a passionate letter of yeah. how much you love our podcast. We would appreciate that. Uh, and if you do, if you leave a, a review, maybe we'll read it. Maybe we'll read it for the class. We almost, uh, we probably will because we almost uh, certainly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good content. Um, so I think that's the show. This ran longer than we wanted and we didn't think it would take this long. So until yep. next time, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this was Predator vs. Movies. Woo! <laughs>